I uh, yeah I'm, I'm I'm maybe you can maybe you can sympathize with this but I, I man I just was thinking the other day about when I was a when I was a young man back when I was a young man I used to date a lot of I used to be into demons I used to date mm. a lot of demons sure okay. you guys did that at all um, uh, no I, I'm not a I was in a young man but um yeah, yeah maybe 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 the demon thing I can relate yeah, a little bit yeah, you yeah, know that's what I for mean for sure for sure that's for sure. what I mean I eventually got off of that you know that kick they're just too possessive welcome so boys and girls <laughs> to a you fucking mini zone of how he's forever i'm brian i'm meg i'm champ you could have done so much better my first joke that's back. not the point doing better is not the point <laughs> doing i'm just doing um guess who's back the boys meg. are back in town Okay, we're getting we totally, yeah, um, straight then Lizzie. Well, uh, that's what yeah, they played Meg's, as soon as I got the plane. That's what they, they, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I thought you weren't a young man. They were playing the boys back in town. Um, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, you requested that. I mean, that's I did. Your, I did your standard entrance music. You know, I yeah, gender flu, gender fluidity, like totally, yeah. totally here for it. You know, whenever I get off the plane, it immediately the the song that I always insist that they play is "No Chance." That's what you. Got. I go for Shane Max interest er, intro music. I don't know why, um, but. Anyway, guys, Meg's back from from just draining blood all over the continent of Europe. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, we're e- mm-hmm. eager to hear what she did, what happened. Um, we got some ex- we got some news to go over. We got some some pickies to discuss for not our picks uh, for June, but our our topic for June has been picked. It has been pucked by our um by our social media friends we'll go over that and as you might have saw when you checked out that old some bitch and title on your podcast app um we are going to talk about the brand spanking new uh evil dead rise um which is uh from from the year of our lord 20 and 23 so uh before we do that uh, let's let's get some beers flowing at least. What are you drinking here on this beautiful? We're recording this on a Friday evening, so it's festive. the The party's just getting started. The workday has just ended. I'm gonna get rip roaring ass drunk. Damn, it's five yeah. o'clock somewhere, as they say, <laughs> including here. It is past five o'clock, local, and I'm already time. three beers in. Local um, time. What are you drinking? I line mine up with, I'm going to start off with, you know, what everyone expects of a nice Miller High Life to start, but that's not the main event. Guys, mm. calm the fuck down. <laughs> um, I busted out a beer I got on my trip. Mm. I'm going to fuck up the name, but uh, when I was in Munich and met up with a brewer there, uh, he's originally from Austria. He's like going to school in Munich yeah. for brewing. Um, so he decided to bring me like one of the original breweries that brewed Vienna Lager. Oh, the uh, Vienna Lager. Yeah. So I like, I was joking before we got on that. I was just saying like, 
Schwisher, Schwisher, Schweet, uh, Schwischet, Schwischet, uh, yeah, something like that. Um, very respectable brewery, beautiful label, uh, mm. delicious. It's really nice. I was interested to find out too, where like, you know, going to different cities, uh, where beers like originated mm-hmm. and this guy made a point of saying like that, that Austria really fucked up and really not capitalizing on like owning the Vienna lager. And then it just left. Yeah. They didn't do the thing. They didn't do the thing that Pilsen did. They didn't have good enough. They didn't have as good a marketing people as Pilsen did, did they? Correct. Um, Correct. You know, they really are. If you think about the birthplace of pale lager beer, but Pilsen gets the, uh, gets all the credit and they have to say golden lager beer because it's just paler Mm -hmm. than the other one. Uh, but Mm -hmm. yeah, they get some PR people over there in, uh, in Vienna, but I love a good, I love a good Vienna lager. Some, some Vienna lager made with real Vienna's. I got, um, one (laughs) from um, yeah it came with actually um a a dick in each one Mm -hmm. (laughs) nice nice in between it yeah with a straw like kind of like you're a bachelorette party yeah you don't have to you don't have to talk like that meg you could have said hot dogs you could have just said hot dogs you don't have to work blue why why would i do that why blue <laughs> Which is funny on this podcast because we never don't talk about cum uh, on every single episode. Um, yeah. No, I uh, I used to it, work in college at a at a uh, comedy club. So boy howdy, I've picked a lot of those little dick straws up off the ground at the end of the night. We uh, kept that's them all for sure. you. You're definitely uh, a hoarder. Uh, yeah, I just jammed my pocket full of little plastic <laughs> dicks. That's what that was my payment. <laughs> I don't know if I've had that beer, but I've I am familiar with it. But I don't know if I've actually had it. Yeah, I'm gonna move Let it up see closer. The color can, you, can you? Oh, I didn't. Uh, let me grab a glass real fast. I like haven't fully unpacked, so I'll, I can find one in two seconds. No, no, don't worry about it. I just was curious to see what it looked like. Just as the beer nerd in me was curious to see what the color was, but I didn't mean for you to run away and do that. But that is, uh, I'm eager <laughs> to see what the color is of the beer. While Meg goes and grabs a little glass there for you, Steve, will you, will you be drinking? Oscar Blues 1050. Oh, shit. That's what Steve says. You know what? First hot day of the year. That first balmy kind of humid summer day. Hell yeah. Fucking big old yum yum stout. It's fucking sticky. It's like (laughs) 83 degrees. I don't have air conditioning even in yet. Yeah. Yeah. I just have the window open and Mm -hmm. it's just Oscar Blues 1050, 10 and a half stout. I don't give a fuck. It's Friday. <laughs> it's Friday. Ain't got no job. Ain't got shit to do. I love a 1050 because I love, as as you know, an aggressively hopped stout. Is that still a pretty... Back in the day, that was a fucking aggressively hopped stout. But I can be honest with you, I probably haven't had that beer in four or five years. You know, it really isn't. Uh, as far, not, yeah, not as far as I'm concerned. It's still really, really good. I still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And this is this also just for if there's... You know, I'm sure there's still some holdover Hop Nation USA listeners mm-hmm. on our show. Mm-hmm. And I just want to remind them that all weather is stout weather. You know, True, yeah. don't, I like don't that. ever and forget. I agree with that. But it's also one of those things is like with the changing of the tides, it's like nothing is as hoppy as it once was. No, um, not stout. It's. Oh, that's a pretty fucking beer. See, yeah. that's what a Vienna lager should look like. Mm-hmm. It'd be like a deep gold to like mm-hmm. slightly garnet kind of hue to mm-hmm. it. And so many so times nice. people make Vienna lagers and they just make them look like a big old fucking chewy Merzen or they make them like really deep amber. And I don't not that I don't love a yummy amber colored lager beer, but like Vienna lager should be like a pretty delicate beer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? With some nice hop character to it. Super dry, not like cloying and shitty and crystally. And caramelly. There's a there's yeah. a lot of caramelly American ones. I hate that. 
I don't know if a lot of people knew that like a Vienna lager make made its way over to Mexico. And so a lot of those like Espelon mm-hmm. and st- or not Espelon, like, um, why am I, why am I fucking up there? The main Modelo. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You, you can like find stuff like that. But the Bulldog in Pittsburgh. So if you're Pittsburgh based, I was there two days ago and they had a couple of them. They did have one that's a little bit more Vienna and a little bit one mm-hmm. that's uh, more pale style. So if you're interested in trying them, go get that. Nice. I love a Vienna Lager. I hope that style comes around. Uh, it's not necessarily one, you know, when some of those like Czech dark lagers and stuff like that started to like, you'd kind of feel them pull around the periphery and you're like, people are going to start making these beers because you can see that mm-hmm. people are starting to get a little excited about them. Mm-hmm. I never really see much um, enthusiasm around the Vienna Lager. Like, yes, Mm-mm. there are just like some big amber lager brands that are like quote unquote might call themselves a Vienna lager like well, I you am think a, about like in Pittsburgh we have so many Germans so like I think mm-hmm. for a lot of like the general consumer the late consumer of like Martzen that's what they say they think of Oktoberfest and though the styles are distinctively different like the, it looks similar they're mm-hmm. like a little bit more of a malt profile like so I think that kind of can outshine it um, but anyhow yeah subtlety is hard to sell yeah, yeah. but and I would also say, probably as Americans, we've had really bad ones like the Devil's Backbone Vienna Lager. Is mm. fucking fart juice. It's one of the worst. <laughs> it's one of the worst beers I've had, and yeah. it's yeah. fucking disgusting. And if like that's everybody's entry to it, they're not going to go looking for it. Whereas there isn't a real entry for Tamave Pivo, other mm. than just seeing it and going. Mm. What's a tomato pivo? And then you yeah, have yeah. it and you go, I like a tomato pivo. You say it like you're Mario. You say it like yeah. you're Italian. That's even what though I was you're from I'm just imagining the Mario Czech. brothers, Mario, yeah. Mario, <laughs> Luigi, Mario, mm-hmm. standing in the aisle going, Oh, what's a tomato pivo? I don't what's know. What's a tomato pivo? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, insanely offended right now. I'm just um, as an no, Italian Brian, plumber, Meg is super. Yes, offended. as an Italian plumber. No, even just like after being around all these beers, and I like I genuinely fucking like Brian. I had a question. Like, have you been to Prague? Yeah, I feel like okay, cool. I just want to make sure because I don't know. I fucking absolutely loved it mm-hmm. and fell in love with just city. like like loved the local pub vibes i ended up reaching out to a couple brewers and then the beer writer evan rail who gave me a couple like Uh, local suggestions evan is one of the coolest dudes i got to drink beer all over prague with and pilsen with evan that's Um, sick and it was we had a goddamn blast and this was years back but evan is one of the coolest guys i want to go back so bad but yeah i just appreciate some benedict 12 did you guys drink some benedict i just was basically like if a person has 36 hours to be here and they mm-hmm. want to get the most experience mm-hmm. out of like local beer, where do they fucking go? Uh, yeah. And he, so he gave me like a local spot near where he lives. Um, obviously golden tiger. Um, oh, golden there's tiger. A, did they cuss you out or with their eyes? No, when you came there in? no they were actually so <laughs> kind. Like there were yeah. other people who came in after us. So it was packed. It was slammed. Yeah. And I walked in and I was like told, I'm like, don't pretend like try to act like, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I was like, cool. So I looked at the menu, walked in. I said, I want this beer. Well, this is the funny part. He was just like, hey, can you stand over here? While other people walked in, they're like, that's who they gave the eyes to. So I feel like hmm. me coming in and asking for a very particular beer, like he knew that I wasn't fucking around. But hmm. then I turn around waiting for the beers. There's literally one beer on draft. Like there's one beer he's pouring from. And I fucking loved that mm-hmm. so much. It was cool shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 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 this is like the this is the um, the like old school standard locals bar that has gotten a little bit of a reputation from like, I think I don't remember if Anthony Bourdain went there when he was there because Evan well, Ray- Michael Jackson. 
Erickson wrote about it too. Yeah, he wrote about it. And then Evan Rail, who, for, for those of you who don't know, for, into Czech beer at all, he's kind of like a really you know, big voice for Czech beer in the Western world, especially. And he was the guy who was on the Anthony Bourdain episode when they went to the mm -hmm. Czech Republic and he like fell through the floor of that brewery and stuff. Yeah. Um, he's, he is, uh, he's, you know, an, a, a, a born American, you know, fluent English, but fluent in Czech as well. Who's lived in Prague for, I don't know, like 20 years or something. Yeah. Um, so he like, yeah, like I said, he, he's a, he is a, uh, a big, uh, advocate for, for Czech beer. And yeah, we went there and it's the same thing. Like, luckily I was there with like locals and stuff, mm -hmm. but they always say like, yeah, this is like the grumpy old man Czech beer bar. Like, <laughs> well, here's a, okay. You're going to appreciate this too then. So, but like that, that bar compared to the other two that I went to, um, that Evan suggested they were, it's right in old town. So that's like very yeah. touristy. So I think it just naturally gets busy and it's has a cool name, mm -hmm. but there was two other that were a little bit on the outskirts of town that, um, the one I saw online that they had food. So I walked in and was it was like a local? record scratch. Yeah. It was like a local spot right oh, near. Oh no, was um, it called local L O K A L? Oh no, 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 no. I did not oh, go okay. to local. Um, I, I had a couple conflicting things, but I ended up not going to local. Oh, that's, that's a good spot. I would have to look it up to get the exact name, but we walked in and it was like a fucking record scratch. This was, this was the grumpy old man <laughs> who the fuck is walking into my local spot type place. Yep. And I, again, just tried to play it off. Cool. Walked up, pointed at a tap. I was like that one can i get two of them and then just handed on my cash and like just sat down mm -hmm. and just watched and it was it's beautiful it's just like very communal like this is where people just go to just hang out like it's like being in someone's garage and just having a few beers like that's just kind of what it felt like and it's yep. it was cool um also felt like women shouldn't really be in there. <laughs> well, bit. it's weird because the Czech, uh, Czech, as much as I love Czech beer culture and like how much they respect the beer and the service of the beer, which is like mm -hmm. the biggest thing that people lack in the United States beer culture. Like people over the world are like really um, try to mimic U.S. beer culture because of how many breweries we have and all this crazy stuff. But the one thing we absolutely fucking blow at in the U.S. is service, beer service yeah, and treating service the beer right, pouring yep. it right, all that stuff. And they're super intense about it over there, which is great. But there's mm -hmm. also this very like toxic masculinity machismo thing around beer yeah, over yeah. there too mm -hmm. which is a little not not that cool um but yeah that that definitely exists over there a lot it's like mm -hmm. the whole point the whole schnitt thing is like mm -hmm. point two versus i'm sorry point three versus point five liters and like mm -hmm. a guy will even if he wants a point three liter because he's drunk or full or whatever he orders a schnitt which is basically like asking the bartender to like um be easy on me bro that's kind of like the thing mm -hmm. which basically means like i want a beer but i don't i can't drink another 0.5 but i don't want to be seen with a 0.3 because that's for women and children like mm -hmm. that's kind of the, mm -hmm. the yeah, machismo yeah. kind of thing around it over there so mm -hmm. it's a little weird but again it's also yeah an old ass slavic beer culture which is <laughs> very yeah. different even yeah. in germany there, just right I still to the, loved to about the it. it literally reminded me of like working in some of the pubs i did earlier just like a little bit of it everything i wanted to experience there was like validated like everything i thought about what i was going to experience i experienced and i was like sick mm -hmm. all right cool like that's what i wanted to see and it's it wasn't surprising so i wasn't like offended at any given point it was just like mm -hmm. it was really cool to see this like very traditional um, way of doing things and like especially around like service of the beer I think that mm -hmm. was like the biggest part of it so but anywho that's the least 
Minor well, takeaways of Prague. We'll talk about more Prague. I'm like later when I talk about the horror bar that I went to, which was pretty sick. But anywho. Nice. What are you drinking, Brian? Uh, I am drinking a little Kolsche boy. I'm drinking Nubble uh, from uh, Burgers Brewing, which is their Kolsch they just released, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, is that the first time they packaged it? Because I feel like it's the first time I've seen a can. Yeah, I think that's the first time he canned it. Um, mm. I had it on draft before, but um, Neil was telling me they canned it, and I stopped down, grabbed a grabbed a couple four packs. Actually, th- I grabbed a four pack of this, a four pack of uh, um, their Vienna Habsburg and then uh, uh, their rice lager because um, I was in I was in the area and I need some beer and I swung by and also they're kind of dealing with some crap right now because they have like um, they've got next weekend like this really cool like drag show thing planned and mm-hmm. some local shit bags on like the local community forum you know were like in Zealy they're doing this yeah yeah they, uh, okay. they like some some local shit bags like started getting on them on social media and now they're gonna like um they're trying like they're like we're gonna boycott your bar because we don't want drag shows you know there's some like i said some like super Boy ultra conservative be back you stupid bitch and Sorry, also no, fuck just... off these are never yeah. the people who support your business anyway mm-hmm. you know yeah, what I mean? right no yeah, they're just no, a bunch of fucking shitbag. Uh, you know, you you were you were the people who were just only buying thirty packs of Bud Light, and then you gave up Bud Light because you think it's going to make you gay. Um, so then <laughs> now you're buying Natty, who's owned by Anheuser Busch, which owns Sab Miller. Ultimately, and you're giving your money to the same people. You stupid fucking morons. So anyway, yeah. mm-hmm. whenever I saw they were catching shit online a little bit, I was like, not only am I going to the drag show, I'm going to go buy. $60 worth of beer that is more than you all you fuckheads were going to spend in there in a mm-hmm. year anyway so um, <laughs> fuck your face it's um, all they could afford fucking pours <laughs> no that's not what I meant I just meant oh, because whoops. they don't actually support like these yeah. people no, are like we're the boycotts like you assholes don't come there anyway no, yeah. you go no, they to don't fucking care. Burger King you bitch yeah. <laughs> you basic bitch they go to Burger King and then they just drink 30 racks in their garage they're yeah. not yeah. yeah. They so. probably actually confused Burger King for burgers and they thought they're like, oh my God, now I can't mm. get my Whopper. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking McDonald's went woke. Now it's going to go broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, so. I just want uh, them to do like an actual, just, uh, I want someone to do this. Just do like a drag pop up. Like, just, it's just a location you like once a week rent out a building. You're just always doing drag, specifically in Zelianopol. Mm all those fucking fucks. well zilly well, is actually like a pretty cool like progressive little town in the middle of it's fucking cute, nowhere yes. the problem is it it's in butler bumps county right still. up against the whole rest of butler county which mm-hmm. is an absolute fucking cesspool um so um you know that's what it is but in any case uh support your friends who make good beer my idea is to rent out a warehouse and have a drag show and then when people show up to boycott, they find out it's just like a, a giant glue trap, like a mouse trap. <laughs> <laughs> and then we eat them. And then we like kill them and eat the people. Yeah, we just leave them there. Oh, oh okay. We're going a different no, direction. just leave them in I the glue trap. Uh... Go full cannibal, cannibal on them. I don't know why. No. Um, <laughs> There's no oh way my god! It. You just slowly just have something that swings and just starts cutting them off, cutting them down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's that Man, scene we're from Ghost up, Ship. Guys. Yeah, I went immediately it's from to Ghost Ship. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we got some beers. We got some 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 travel stories out of the way, and now we need to talk about 
um, our showdown episode for June. Uh, let me bring it up here so I remember exactly what the three topics were. Here were our topics that came up on that dang old spinny ass wheel. Once again, for those of you who are new to the show, uh, don't forget, if you want to help us pick our topics or give us suggestions uh, for topics or give us suggestions for minisodes or whatever the heck you want to do, um, you should probably go over and follow us on the social medias at Halloween is forever on, uh, you know, Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and Facebook and all those sorts of things. Um, so the topics that popped up on the old spinny ass wheel uh, last episode that are up for grabs for June were a found footage films, which I thought was going to be the runaway. Uh, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, not the runaway. Uh oh. Second one was Neo Monsters, or what I called on the thing Modern Monsters, uh, which is kind of what we leaned what, what we landed on for, for that topic. And then lastly, redneck shenanigans. Oh so, god. Found footage I thought was gonna be the runaway. It actually came in third. Wow. Yeah, I feel surprising. Like we've talked enough shit about it though, too. And then I don't know, I just don't think there's a lot of I, we've seen too many. And probably talked about a lot. It's very I'm polarizing. Not, I'm not as surprised. Yeah, I'm not as surprised that it didn't. Well, get you just picked. think of the Blair witches of the world and stuff get mm-hmm. a lot of love. But anyway, uh, that actually came in a, a distant third. A lot of mega rails on that one, though. You know. Yeah, <laughs> we got to. We got to lay them out, <laughs> uh, or else you get bit in the ass. We've all been there. Um, <laughs> but here is the uh, here's what it came down to: a close race between modern monsters and redneck shenanigans, and by I think a scant, maybe only five or six votes. Our winner uh, and our topic for June is going to be redneck shenanigans. I think Mm. that's going to be so much fun. It is, especially considering we have done a lot of the really big ones in the franchise already, like Texas Chainsaw and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So they'll be off the table. Is that is that I guess to clarify this, too, because in my mind, I'm thinking like uh, Tucker. What is it? Tucker. Tucker Carlson. uh, No. Yeah. yeah, That one. Whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. not Tucker Carlson. That's got that's under underbite shenanigans, <laughs> bow tie shenanigans. Um, or I think of even the Bigfoot movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think we can go in a lot of directions here. I think mm-hmm. redneck can be a fairly broad term. It doesn't yeah, they don't have, have to. I was going to say, they don't have to be the villains like Rod and Turn. They could be the protagonists like Bigfoot the movie. Sure. Okay. So, yeah. And it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be funny either. No, no. no like, definitely okay, not. Like, okay. No, shit. Right, Let's cool. not so think just... too hard into shenanigans. I think that was just like okay. a cute name for the topic. I think it's All just right. anything that has a a, a backwoods off the beaten path okay. type of tray, you know, heard, type heard. of thing. So, yeah. Um, I think okay. that's, I think that's, you know, any anything where it's a a r- isolated, I would assume rural is probably uh, um, you know a given here, but mm-hmm. some sort of isolated. All right, what movies r- are off the table? Obviously, some of the Texas Chainsaw. I well, have a the ones in we've right done now. before. So, like Texas Chainsaw has been on an episode before. That one's definitely done. Um, what are some other big ones that would fall under this that we've talked about before? Um, so Rob Zombie comes bit. to my mind in general. Are there any like major Rob Zombie besides like Texas Chainsaw that you'd be like, no, this is kind of like 
to on there because like, I feel like his always have that role. Uh, like, listen, I'm not going to pick it for you, Meg. I'm not going to do the work for you. You're going to have to do no, this your goddamn I w- self. <laughs> I want the opposite. I want to know that I'm coming in and not going to be like, that's a Meg Rail movie. Fucking <laughs> again. Here's here's what I would suggest. Well, then fine. Don't what I'm hearing Meg. is that that's going to work out great for I- me because <laughs> I'm not Meg and I don't have to worry about it. Fine, whatever. That's fine. All right. You know what? I, I mean, what I'm hearing is no Meg Rails. I'm hearing. Well, what I'm saying is the only one that comes to mind for me that is like a very clear what would be the equivalent of a Meg Rail movie we've already done before, which is Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that would be. That would be like the jaws of shark movies, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it is a weird it's a it is a weird category that I think. Yeah. OK, cool. Mm. Heard no Meg Rails besides what we have already covered. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't Got think it. so. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> so that'll be a whole lot of fun. Now, uh, another thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, June is going to be Meg's last showdown oh. episode. You guys, uh, Meg's got stuff. She's a she's big. Oh, I'm big important. <laughs> That's my Meg impression. You can acknowledge it. <laughs> Make I have a business. <laughs> oh, I got a business to run. Oh, I'm all entrepreneur. That's my Meg impression. So Meg's got some big stuff going on that she's going to, I'll let her uh, disclose or not disclose, but um, her time's going to be real thin here coming up in, in the coming months. So Meg is, uh, I would, is it fair to say taking a permanent hiatus from, or a, an indefinite hiatus from, from the podcast? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I would be open, you know, from time to time. But yeah, overall, like I, I, you know, opening a business like it's there's so much unknown. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I know we have a we have a lot of stuff to do. So and we record every dang week. It is quite a quite a commitment. Um, And like I said, uh, she's got some she got some exciting stuff. And whenever the time comes, I'll let you disclose and talk about all the fun stuff you got going on. But uh, Meg is going to be departing at least like i said temporarily hopefully she'll come back and visit us from time to time from the podcast um we'll still make fun of her on a regular basis don't worry um she just won't be here to defend herself um meg rails is now a um staple yeah yeah for whoever no who's on, on i mean we talked about it when ben was uh stepped in for a couple of episodes um but this does, uh, you know, open up uh, a, a situation for Steve, uh, me and Steve as big baby orphans out here, um, you know, <laughs> looking, looking for looking for somebody to take care of us, looking for someone to, to be our, our, our third wheel here. If you got folks that you think would be a fun guest on the podcast, we're going to have some guest hosts here, uh, a lot of guest hosts in the coming weeks. And then ultimately... If, you know, if if the right situation comes along, uh, replace with a, a, you know, permanent third host here eventually. But uh, for the time being, you know, uh, uh, me and and Steve are going to be holding down the ship and have some fun uh, guest hosts on. Not unlike our lovely friend, Big Bigfoot Ben, who stepped in uh, there for a couple episodes. I'm sure he will again. So here's what I'm worried about. And this is a legitimate concern in my life. If Meg wins that episode and it's her last episode what happens then does she just retire champ i mean she's gonna have to vacate the belt yeah i i will drop the 
stinkiest <laughs> pile of like rotting shit on your doorstep. Well, technically all shit's like, rotting. I mean, that's for that's fermentation <laughs> in your gut. It's happening. Sure. Yeah. That's fine, but it'll be on fire and it'll be like Most of well my shits are also on fire because <laughs> of how I eat bad Ryan, spices. Right, we understand you have yeah. medical problems. <laughs> yeah. I like Thai food, so my food is hot. My when it comes out always on fire. Yeah, I mean so. that's the goal. I gotta, I gotta leave at the top of the heap. You know, mm-hmm. there's some big shoes to fill here, mm-hmm. guys. You know, Meg, unfortunately, never gonna get that opportunity to be the winningest <laughs> champ in the history of um, Halloween's <laughs> Forever, but she does have the opportunity to leave on top. So, don't make sure you tune in for that June uh, showdown episode, that very first Monday in June uh, from Meg's last showdown. But stick along with us because we got a whole lot of fun stuff going on uh, throughout the summer. And as we approach spooky season, guys, I'm going to tell you, uh, it's the first kind of really genuinely hot day here. It was in the 80s. It was hot as fuck here today. Uh, And boy, when I start to feel that warm temperature, I start thinking about summer and summer's just pre Halloween for me. So uh, we are we are fast, fast approaching. Meg's going to turn into the rock where she just shows up occasionally, maybe wins the title and then leaves to go yeah. do another movie. Yeah. Yeah. She is. She's going to I be like the, the probable thing. The Rocky Maivia of uh, of this podcast. Um, all right, guys, let's get into our feature presentation uh, for the episode, which is we're going to talk about 20 and 23's Evil Dead Rise. Uh, initial thoughts right off the top of your head. How, how do we f- how do we feel about this movie before we start to dump jump into the plot? Mm. And some of the things we like or didn't like about it. I liked it a whole bunch. Thanks, everybody. Come back next week. What do you think, uh, Meg? Uh, so when I initially, like, there were a lot of things that I really liked about it. And then mm-hmm. I left with, like, some plot-related things. Like, because the woman I went and saw it with, well, where was he, is, like, we talked about it right afterwards. So she was pointing out some things. And I was just, like, talking about some things. And I was like, there were a lot of things missing is that this being an extension of the film, I don't necessarily want them to keep going Mm -hmm. with this same sort of storyline or same sort of idea. I would like it to be like a singular thing. There were certain things that stuck out and we can talk about it along the ways. I don't know what I should like disclose right now. No, no. It sounds like you were were not super crazy about it. It wasn't super crazy. There were things I loved and I'll talk about them too. Yeah. I would say, uh, I probably somewhere in between you two. Um, Meg seems less than thrilled with it. Steve seems super thrilled. I was kind in the middle. There's things I really liked. There's things I was like, eh, take it or leave it. But I enjoyed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice, nice little fun, crazy, mm-hmm. gory, over the top horror flick. There was some tropes. Yeah. There were some tropes that are specific turnoffs for me that I was like, eh, now I'm losing interest a little bit. But then it would suck me back in with something really cool. So um, that's where we're all mm-hmm. coming from. But let's jump into it a little bit here. Um, so I'll be honest with you. You know, obviously knew this was coming. This is definitely one of the big kind of, uh, you know, tentpole horror releases for the year. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously a very well-known, beloved property. I'm a huge fan of of, of the original, uh, you know, trilogy. Uh, I really love the 2013 Evil Dead. Is mm-hmm. that the remake of 2013? Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. like that a lot. Like blue, completely different tone closer tone to this movie i would say as yeah. the, as as opposed to the original three um mm-hmm. were well even well the original they're probably closer in tone to the original one 
Whereas yeah, two and three true. are much more jokey, and that's like true. the TV show is still down that jokey aisle. Mm, you know. It is, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, I I would agree with that. I mean, even one had like a had 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 its had a sense of humor to it, a mm-hmm. self awareness mm-hmm. to it, uh, which maybe it had to because it was such low a low budget movie. Mm-hmm. And then two, you know, you could argue was just like a higher budget version of one, um, but mm-hmm. you know, did have some departures and then three are Ar- 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 army of darkness was just a full-on slapstick looney mm-hmm. tunes shit with skeletons which is a lot of fun too oh, yeah. uh, but uh anyway this this guy uh you know so a project that that we were all looking forward to for a long time i think you know certainly not on the on the level of like you know halloween release or something like that but it's 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 up there i think uh surprised to see you know it kind of be plopped in the hand of a, of a director that I personally knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. Um, an Irish, well, this was a second feature film. It was it an Irish yeah. lad named Lee Cronin. Um, I have not seen, uh, anything, uh, from him prior to this. There was his first feature I, th- I saw was like called hole in the ground, but I had a hole in seen the ground it. from 2019. Did not see mm-hmm. it either. Um, he was director of a TV series called 50 States of Fright. Um, he directed a segment in, uh, Minutes Past Midnight, which I know nothing about from 2016 and then shorts. And there was a TV series called the master plan from 2011. He directed two episodes. I, I literally, this guy, not on my radar at all. Mm -mm. Steve, do you know anything about this cat? Nope. I'm thinking he probably has like a lot of success with like uh, releases in you said he was Irish. So I assume mm-hmm. he has a lot of success over there uh, with, you know, things on BBC and uh, things of that nature. But no, I know nothing about him going into this. This short film he did um, apparently got a lot of I think called Ghost Train got a lot of like awards and stuff. It like it won a best European fantastic short film uh, award hmm. anyway. But that's that was a decade ago. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like yeah, just um, uh, a, bit, a bit of an anomaly. But you know, obviously, don't know the whole story. But again, I think. But it uh, kind of like it worked into the, some of the things that I didn't love, but I also loved and appreciated because like this type of this movie had just a lot of like callbacks it had in it but it felt like it kind of leaned on it like a little bit too Mm -hmm. much you know which i think some of it we totally needed to make it be an evil dead movie but some of it felt like a little too like okay you could have been a little bit more creative here so but anyway that's like my one thought about him being this only being like a second feature for him that yeah there might have been dependence there so I think I, I think I can help this along a little bit more as to why he wound up as the director mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. this movie. He worked on Fifty States of Fright, which was produced by Sam Raimi. <clears throat> oh, okay, so yeah. there's the Sam Raimi connect. There's yeah. the, the connection there. But the reason why none of us have seen it because it was on Quibi. Oh, okay. Does anybody remember what Quibi? F- uh, well, I, I was going to say Quibi, Quibi, I think, is this breakfast cereal, right? Quibi is, is not is a breakfast like cereal. The, is it like the Pluto channel, like before it was Pluto or something? It's not even the Pluto. It was, I mean, maybe it turned into Pluto, but no, it was like this <laughs> specifically launched four phones, 15 minute 
like everything was sub 15 minutes and it was made specifically for phones. It did not work out. Oh. Nobody liked it because you had you could only watch it on your phone. You couldn't even watch it on like a desktop or a Roku Fire or any shit like that. What? It was it was the craziest shit. That's why it failed. Everybody yeah. hated it. They put the new season of um, Reno 911 on there. Oh, yeah. I was like, which I watched, which is why I know what Quibi w- was. I yeah. didn't mm-hmm. get on the phone. I, you know, I seized that one. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is fucking stupid. So that's why we don't know about this, because nobody saw Quibi. Nobody watched Quibi. But that's where he's coming from. He's coming from directing episodes on Sam Raimi's TV show that on a fucking platform that didn't work gotcha gotcha mm-hmm. okay well yeah obviously a, a talented director and like visually there's a lot of fantastic mm-hmm. stuff in here overall i just think it was a well-paced you know well-directed move well-performed i think for the most part mm-hmm. there were some things with the script that i was like eh, i could take it or leave it but also i i tend to like this is there's a couple there's a couple of people that i recognized uh the person that plays l or ellie um uh, Alyssa Sutherland I've seen her on a couple of things I think I'm trying to look real quick what I would have known her for oh she was on Vikings uh Mm -hmm. would have saw she was on that the Miss TV series which I did not watch I did did you yeah Yeah, I did not watch that I meant to maybe I'll get around to watching it I don't know should I get around to watching it no because it's it it only lasted one season and Uh, so it has that kind of drops dead yeah, it just drops dead and it has one of those that. things where like they obviously planned a whole bunch of extra stuff. Mm-hmm. So like none of the storylines get wrapped up or anything. Uh, so sucks. there's no point in getting into it. I mean, was it was on, all right. She was on Blood Vessel from 2019, which I really, really liked. Um, mm. Yeah, that was a, that was a cool, I think, indie flick. But I anyway, uh, no spoilers here. It's a it's a dang old vampire on a boat, um, which was really cool. Uh, lower on a budget. Nazi boat, isn't it? Nazi boat. Yeah, yeah. Vampires yeah. eating Nazis on a dang old Nazi boat. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she's good. And then there was one other person that I maybe recognized from something else, but otherwise, you know, pretty, pretty unknown, um, pretty unknown cast. I think there was some guy, this Noah Paul guy. He looks familiar, but like, yeah, other, otherwise I would not have known these. Uh, <laughs> no, maybe not. He was on Power Rangers uh, Dino Fury. No, I didn't uh, didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> I um, my mind it almost is immediately going to Kung Fury, and then I want David Hasselhoff to sing a song for it. Like the, it, there's a stream of consciousness going on that I really like. That yeah. The visuals are awesome. I'm a big Power, Power Rangers, Rangers Kung fan. Fury. Power Rangers Kung Fury. I'm a big Power Rangers fan. I'm looking at a lot of Power Rangers toys here in my office. Uh, but Power Rangers Dino Fury, not something that was, that's necessarily on my radar. So anyway, relatively, uh, uh, you know, lesser known cast, which I always appreciate. Um you know, I'll, I'll read the, uh, the the IMDb plot synopsis here really quick. A twisted tale of two estranged sisters, estranged is a strong word, uh, whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons, thrusting themselves into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of, fa- of family imaginable. I kind of hate that description. <laughs> it is a lot. It is, it is definitely written not for fans of the series yeah mm-hmm. like it's written to bring in 
like somebody who's never seen an Evil Dead movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of fan service here and they they do, you know, obviously like the kind of uh, which I always jokingly refer to as the Demon Wind because Demon Wind is one of my favorite awful movies. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I thought when, that's what you call your farts. <laughs> ah. <laughs> that's that type of witty highbrow banter that we're going to miss when Meg leaves. Um, no, it, uh, <laughs> it is though. It should be. Um, no, Demon, the, you know, when you get the the pov shot of the the entity like flying over you know the surface of whatever the hell it is and the thing they mimic with the drone in the opening sequence and then ultimately it always gets somebody um you know they do that um Mm -hmm. there's some other kind of you know throwbacks to to other movies in the franchise which we'll talk about um but uh yeah otherwise it doesn't have a tremendous amount in common with the uh uh uh, uh, with the first movie um it just kind of feels like a general you know you know super gory demon possession movie but yeah yeah so i mean i kind of like i kind of like that it does divorce itself in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and honestly it is the callbacks to the previous films that are like my big negative mm-hmm. for the film. Like I don't need that fan service. I know I'm watching an evil dead film. Yeah. And for the people who don't know that they're watching an evil dead film, they're not going to recognize all that stuff mm-hmm. anyway. Nah. So don't do it. Like, just don't do it. Well, However, I think it's, they're trying to like have their cake and eat it too. In that way, it feels yeah. like, I mean, and, and it's not, and it's not their fault because like literally every fucking IP does that. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, but the one thing I will say that they need to do consistently is the shaky cam that does pass over all the trees and run f- mm-hmm. fastly because that's literally just a device of the demon. Mm-hmm. Because like you you know until the demon possesses somebody, it doesn't have physical form, mm-hmm. so it just exists in all these other places. So I think that like, I fully agree with that one too. Yeah, I, the, I think cam- the camera is the antagonist. Is essentially yeah. what it is. So. Yeah, I wanted that, and I definitely wanted the Necronomicon, which was clear. Like those are like if you would have had those two things, I think this could have gone so many different places. And like the first thing that started really. There's, I guess, two first things that really started frustrating me that I thought were like weak points for the plot was that there was definitely a callback to, and it feels like a stretch of like there always being like a mother figure issue with like within the film itself. And with this movie, it felt like it was like a sore thumb that you're just constantly coming back to to like check on and you're like, why do you keep talking about your mom? I don't fucking, if I don't fucking know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the pregnancy thing, I just felt like it was, um, it was a reason for the sister to go back, but it was not anything that really made me feel like was a strong plot point. Those are the first two things initially mm-hmm. that kind of jumped out to me that I hated, but yeah, there were some stuff. Well, well, let's go into the plot a little bit and then we'll okay. touch, touch on those play, those things as, as we move through, we, you get a, you get a cold open to this, this, you know, kind of camp cabin scene, which feels very much like the, um, you know, a setting that you would expect in the, you know, in the original, certainly in the first two movies. Um, Mm -hmm. and you get the, you know, the POV of, you know, you said the demon kind of going through the woods, but Hey, it's a drone fart noise, you know, where, so it's like this kind of like red herring thing. I was like, all right, whatever we get. Drones are a thing now. Um, but I really did like early on that the, it felt like we were going to get some really interesting, weird, trippy um, uh, shots, which 
we got some, but they promised a lot, I feel like, in that open kind of like pre-title sequence mm-hmm. where like when they were at the cabin in the woods and and I knew from hearing a little bit about the movie already and obviously like, I mean, even in the freaking uh, 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 you know, plot synopsis here. They pretty much tell you that like the people you're touching on in these first, it felt like they were going to die. It it wasn't one of those things. Cause a lot of movies, which I do like was when they start out and they pull the old psycho routine, right? Where they start you off with someone you think is going to be the protagonist and then they just get fucking offed like mm-hmm. this. You could kind of see through it pretty quickly. I thought, um, you knew these characters were not being set up for the long term. It felt like, at least for me, um, and maybe that's because I, you know, drew some context clues from from things I learned about the movie before I saw it. I I don't know, but you got this idea that they were going to do some weird, interesting camera things. Like there was an exterior shot of the cabin where it felt like it was this like reverse fisheye lens type of thing where everything mm-hmm. was like sinking in towards the cabin, and it felt like all the angles of the woods were like ending at the cabin do you guys know what yeah. shot i'm talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it and it's like partially the topography of that area mm-hmm. and partially like the lens that they're using because like everything is bending up and then sinking in like you're saying so like it looks like the cars are kind of parked on side hills but yeah. also just the way the hills kind of envelop and you know delve in and so like yeah it is it's it's a really super wide angle lens, I think. Yeah. That also might have kind of like a fisheye bend to it. Yeah. That just, you know, it makes it, yeah, it's really creepy. And it's like, it was almost I, like I, convex I, instead of concave. You know what I yeah. mean? It was almost like the opposite mm-hmm. of a fisheye, but it was just like, it was, re- I was like, oh shit, this is like weird, surreal. Like, yeah. I love this. Mm-hmm. And then I got excited really- about that too. Cause also, <laughs> yeah. like, the cabin, the cabin itself has a very, is very kind of reminiscent of, uh, uh, midsummer yeah it was an a-frame cabin yeah. uh which i was like oh that's like the whole thing just felt really cool and then like we never really got that feel again well, i did, did you like feel like that that was that was like i felt like one of those things that was just like placed in there to still kind of give you that reminiscent feel of what you've experienced in other evil deads or even just like a like og kind of it did it was like look we're doing an evil dead movie it, it almost felt a little yeah. forced and they bring it back around at the end you know obviously spoiler alert guys we're gonna talk we're gonna spoil the fuck out of this movie so if you haven't seen it um i i don't I, yes, there are definitely things to spoil, so just be mindful of that. But um, we are going to spoil the hell out of this. But yeah, they do come back around to it. But if the whole thing felt pretty inconsequential, yeah. And and this is a this is a franchise that exists outdoors for me, I guess. So like, it felt <laughs> weird that this whole movie is indoors. It felt like mm-hmm. I was like, it was more of like a you know exorcism of jane doe or whatever it is more than it was an evil dead movie i was intrigued though with the change though especially like knowing that it was not going to be a continuation of anything but necessarily like its own thing i liked the idea that it could be something different yeah no i did i I thought it was a cool idea i don't know if uh if it felt like evil dead but it doesn't need to right this is a different movie you want it you you don't want it to just be a Mm -hmm. because 2013 as much as i loved it it was a little bit of a just a rehash of 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 the first two movies in right. a little bit of a way, right? Um, yeah. They were out in a cabin in the woods and all that, so it was just a little bit more serious, gory, mean spirited take on the first couple of movies, right? So, like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying about how you think this is a it's an outside because even an army of darkness, even though they're not in a cabin in the woods, it's still just very much like an open air castle, mm-hmm. and then Bruce has to go out into the fucking. Uh, graveyard and do a bunch of shit anyway so like mm-hmm. you know it's still 
you know, an outward thing, but I really like the fact that they divorce themselves from all the previous movies mm-hmm. by being this very interior closed off film. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the other thing is like, Meg, you mentioned how like the Necronomicon we get in this movie isn't the same Necronomicon that right. we're used to. It's not the one with the face on it. This one has right. like teeth down the binding or not down the binding, but I down know, I the, like uh, that, I like that one. Um, yeah, yeah. it had a, it had a different, like the demon associated was different too. Right. So, and and yeah. what the, the whole gimmick is, is like this one is there's a set of three books. So what they're saying is like the one with the face that we're used to is a different book from this one. Oh, and this I one pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this one has its own progression and has its own demon associated with it. And then there's probably a third one out there, which I like. I like the well, idea that like we're going to see more just kind of like uh, almost in a Hellraiser sense. It's like a varied that, lore now I, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Something I read um, reading like prepping for this, though, that is that there in theory has already been two other books. Um, yeah. So like this is basically the third one. Is basically is what they're trying to come across, and this is the note I have for it. So, um, they have the one that appears in front of Bruce Campbell. Um, let's see, an army in darkness, and then the let's see, the Jane Levies as Mia uh, contends with like a second, in theory, different book. Is that the okay. twenty thirteen? Like, yeah, it's yeah, twenty thirteen. Yeah. So, like, I think in theory they're like looking at this one as like a third, but. Uh, also my point that was made like a different demon also my memory isn't good enough so i don't remember if the one that's in the tv series like if there or if another Mm. one is introduced in the tv series because i only watched a few episodes of tv series i don't remember yeah because lucy lawless's character is pretty tied to the book and like she has she has like power over the book and i can't remember if it's different from the one that's that we normally think of. I've watched it for a while and I feel like my instinct says it had a face on it too, but Mm -hmm. um, I'd have to go back. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah, it's possible. Maybe all three books have been introduced through film by now. Cause Mm -hmm. I I honestly haven't seen the 2013 one since it come out. So Mm -hmm. maybe it, it, it had, yeah. That's the most like beaver thing you could have just said. I haven't seen that since it come out. Um. Yeah, I ain't seen it since come out. So I, don't know. I never even I done seen it since it. before it did, did, did come out. Um, yeah, the 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 intro sequence here with with um, the you know these characters that you never really come back to to meet that much, but one of them's name's Jess, and she's like reading this book, and you do introduce she gets introduced later. We'll circle back to it, but she's reading this book, or, or she starts reading the book that her friend is holding. So that's like a cool. I thought that was kind of a cool little creepy scene, mm-hmm. and then she just mm-hmm. like beefs it off the bed and starts barfing, yeah. and then uh, <laughs> and then she gets and then the other girl gets her scalp ripped off, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, and I love when stuff like that happens in broad daylight. So I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And then, and then ultimately she just eats the blades of the, of the, of the drone. Um, mm-hmm. And then she pulls a jaws on the fucking dickhead boyfriend and just like, uh, just throws his head up on the dock. I saw that on like an HGTV show about just, you know, like people who eat random things. Then maybe she would be a good like contender for that. It show. was like that person that ate like, like, like fabric softener sheets. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Like lint and like, you know, plastic. But then I afterwards mean, you do a full Jesus walking on the water scenario. Right afterwards. <laughs> it's a different maybe twist. Maybe this is like a Cronenberg overlap a little bit, mm. you know, 
um, tiny bit. Um, yeah, this was, uh, I like this whole opening sequence, but it was all the like pre-title card sequence. And then you just never hear anything about this scenario until just like basically the setup to it. You realize that that was a, then we're, we're flashing back to the origins of what happened that resulted in that person being that, possessed. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, cause like, I feel like I familiar enough with this series but like i haven't seen all of them so um do we see that sort of um tactic use where it's like the beginnings at, or the ends at the beginning and then you come back no. to did, did that nope. okay no. okay so this is like a totally okay unique thing for yeah, this this, was, right. this was just meant to because it's the same it's the same kind of process as the drone being a fake out this is also a fake out to think you're right. gonna do a movie in the woods and then you don't do a movie in the woods. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's all. It's just okay. a fake out. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Um, yeah. So now we we shoot over to we're in L.A. and an uh, old punk rock Beth. She's preggers, and that's what you learn. She here's what she they, got do a, they do. Up. A, they do a good job of setting up some some you know, exposition and understanding the characters, motivations and all those things. And it's, this is a one thing I can absolutely say. This is a tight movie. Um, mm-hmm. it does not a lot of exposition, but they get the story across. It's a tight, well-structured script. Um, and you know, within a couple of minutes you see, you know, Beth, you learn that she's like, she's, you know, well-respected in her field. She's a guitar tech for like touring musicians. Um, and she, you know, works in the, the music industry in a technical capacity. And she's like well-respected in what she does. And she's trying to like climb the ladder and like break the kind of glass ceiling, if you will. And she's, you know, in the, ba- you know, bathroom of some, you know, shitty club and she's taking a pregnancy test and she's, she's, she's straight up preggers with a Z. Um, so mm. you then. Not sh- prego like the sauce. Got not it. prego Heard. with the sauce. She's mm-hmm. straight up preggers. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then you shoot over again. Now you're like jumping over to a different setting where you're in this kind of little bit more domestic setting. You get introduced to, um, to to Bridget, who is like Bridget, and there's there's three kids, um, and uh, and their mom, in this real kind of, I would say it almost reminds me a little bit of like if the so one of the family like not nearly as like white trash vulgar as like a Rob Zombie movie, but they're mm-hmm. definitely trying to like portray them as this is like this cool modern you know, kind of hipster alternative family living in a fucking kind of shitty apartment building. Um, I like really want to make a joke about these kids having future traumas because they're acting like adults and they're able to help each other out and take care of everything. But then yeah. it just becomes surly sad at mm-hmm. that point. But yeah. Yeah. No. So, so you're introduced to Elle, who's their mom, who we find out pretty quickly is Beth's sister. So these are the sisters that shit's going to happen between. And you can tell there's already some like they're very close and very loving, but they haven't really been in communication because like Elle's dealing with her own shit and her like shithead husband partner. They don't say husband, but partner who's the father of the at least several of the children had just kind of walked out on them. At least 60 so, percent of them. 
at least 60% of these children are now fatherless. Um, no, but they, uh, what's that from? We just talked about this. Slashing. Oh, just slashing. did that last week. Yeah, just did it last week. My brain's not great. Um, and then, and then they talk about, uh, how he's a shithead and like, you know, Elle's been dealing with it on her own, trying to lean on Beth for help, but Beth's been in her own little world. It's this classic, like big sibling, little sibling type of thing. Um, but Elle's kids are the oldest is either bridget or dan or dan i think it's danny yeah. i think danny's the oldest one do you okay. think he's the oldest i okay well bridget's yeah because he's he's, he's the one that oh, they he, give the keys to go he's the drive. Only one can drive yeah right yeah, yeah that's true. So, so danny is yeah he's a teenager you know he has a driver's license assuming and then there's bridget who you get the idea is maybe a couple years younger and then there's cassie who's i don't know eight something like that um she's she's old enough to still be talking like this yeah <laughs> she don't I, I wish you would have just gave me her birth, like her age in months, because I assume as a parent would have done that. I'm well, literally is- 128 months. <laughs> I'm literally. I love the word literally in a baby voice. I'm literally. Oh, doing 28 months. Um, but yeah, she is. She is. And nothing against the, the 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 child actor. She did a nice job. She she did above, uh, you know, a, a great job. I'll say, but they really milked that whole like child in danger, little baby voice, mummy, something wrong with mummy. Like yeah. they really. But I want to hear her talk about Stephanie that. so much. Like Stephanie. I want that's like I just yeah. that's all I wanted to hear about. I wanted Stephanie to save save the day. Save yeah. the day is what I want. There, there is going to be some bands named Stephanie. Like oh, there are definitely sure. going to be some bands based on this in like ten years, twenty years. Um, it's going to be a Barbie revenge. metal band. Stephanie's Fuck Revenge. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I want to name a beer that guy's Tam Tam Tam. Calling it. <laughs> All right, you get that one, I guess. Yeah. Listen, the TT the TTB doesn't honor you saying Tam 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 on a podcast. Um, anyway, uh, you learn that, like I said, Elsie you and know, the partners Gentlemen's leave in blah, blah blah blah. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, Beth is coming to tell her that she's pregnant when, you know, essentially when the demon shows up. So the demon, uh, the whole. So I want to see what you guys thought about this. This is the part that's a little bit unclear is there is a um, there is an earthquake. They live in L.A. That would not be that uh, weird. Right. But mm-hmm. is it are we meant to believe that because of the 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 timing of the earthquake there is some sort of like divine or supernatural element to the earthquake there's like nothing clear about that because i feel like if there was we would have gotten like a date or something would have been read in the book once it was found so that was like after they went out to get the pizza they're coming back here's the earthquake yada 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 Mm -hmm. um I, I don't know. I did not garner that that was a thing. I figured they're just in California and this is a normal thing for them. They chose this life. But there is a <laughs> um, there is a history to this building. This Correct. building holds mm-hmm. secrets uh, associated with it. One of which is, of course, the, nep- the this version of the, the book. Then I don't know if they, they don't call it the nep- Necronomicon. They call it uh, the, call it the, the book, book of the, of the dead. dead. Yeah, they just call it the book yeah. of the dead, which is the same thing. Right. Um, but, the, you know, it houses all of these things, including a vinyl record 
from a recording from 1923 question mark um anyway i i don't know the exact history of vinyl and recording and when all that started but i don't think it was 23 is it that early for vinyl i don't know i would think so because i thought i thought fucking what's his dumbass thomas edison made the first wow wax recording in like the oh, 1800s yeah that would have been yeah you're right you're right so and okay, let's that make a sense. note that, that this is like bruce campbell's cameo yes mm-hmm. he is one of the voices on the recording he i think he's credited as the descending voice on the on the recording which essentially what happens is um well i'll, I'll take one quick step back there they go out to get pizza beth and l have a little bit of a heart to heart beth's about to tell her she preggers um but then um a an earthquake happens and the kids are on their way back they're in the building they're in the parking garage uh in assumedly the basement um and then this opens up uh what i can only describe as a dang old demon hole um in the basement and they go down to what they think is a bank vault because apparently this building used to be a bank but they find a bunch of demon shit including the book i'm gonna call it aka murder room yeah just gonna say that you know it's not (laughs) it's not a quality place for kids to hang out and danny's being a real danny well it's definitely it's definitely not a quality place for kids to hang out because it's a secret priest room (laughs) yeah that's like the last place you want to yeah that's like literally the worst place you went from being a priest place to a bank man look at all these terrible people yeah i so the one thing that and and i agree like it's never clear and i think we're supposed to just assume it's coincidence because Mm -hmm. they have the news report that there's a 5.5 earthquake Mm -hmm. but like when it first happens i was really excited at the idea that there's just somebody else in the building reading the book Mm -hmm. and they didn't know oh my god that Oh, could, okay. I just I just pictured that scene in my head and it was someone wearing like really nerdy glasses that are like down on the brim of their nose, like yeah. licking their finger, turning the yeah. page, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's it's me. just it's just some other asshole has like, you know, been <laughs> locked up in their room and like doing dirty and sell stuff and reading the oh, book wow. of the dead. And like I totally came on that book. I feel like I would have liked that more than just like, oh, this coincidence. Oh, coinkadink. Yeah, we found it does the book feel of the like dead. a little bit of a quinky dink. And that's why, like, I. but the thing is, when the when the here's why I think it might be a, a divine element here is because that whenever they did, whenever the uh, earthquake happened, they did a kind of close proximity of the POV camera as the antagonist thing. Mm hmm. It wasn't exactly the same. It wasn't as clear, but like I, that's why I kind of thought there was some sort of divine element where they were like, "This is the perfect set of situ- scenarios where like uh, we might just have some dickhead kid who's stupid enough to climb down in this hole, get the book, read it, play the fucking record, also <clears throat> poke himself, and blood drops on." I think it. this is just some Easter eggs. I think there's just some Easter eggs. I think there's just some things that are tying. They're trying so hard to tie back because another thing that I pulled as like a little homage was what was on the pizza box, which was reminiscent of what I read as Henrietta. She when she mm. was in the basement and it just looked very reminiscent of it. I think even let me actually pull my note. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, so <laughs> being a familiar, cat, cat. <laughs> familiar looking woman, but also um, the pizza place is called Henrietta's uh, kind of thing. Oh, so okay. like, the girlfriend's I, I, name or whatever. In the no, that's um, Ted Raimi's character of the, it's ri- the, of the witch. Wife. Oh, it's the, so yeah, this is the dead eye wife of professor Noby 
important too. Yeah. Um, mm. So I think just some of those things are just elements that are just like they make you. Th- they just remind you of another evil dead is but why kind of does what it, I'm But saying. then why does it have to... Well, no, I, I understand. Okay. Because I think that's it's just fair. weak. That, that's what I think fed yeah. into like some of the weak points of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, we had to skip over all the bullshit of even just like Beth being called a groupie. And I'm like, why? Like, oh my God, stop talking about your mom and stop calling her a groupie. These are annoying <laughs> things that are somehow just distracting me from just give me a dead eye right now like i want to see yeah. someone going i'm gonna eat you i'm gonna eat your soul like i just want the creepy you. dead eye oh, i'm gonna eat like, your soul i thought I, you said i'm gonna eat you so hard <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna eat you so fucking bad um <laughs> no yeah but it's like yeah uh, so uh, this all like i said it is a tight script so you want to get the ball rolling all this stuff and they do get the ball rolling pretty quick which is which i can appreciate because so many movies now i feel like have embraced the, and i like a slow burn but like uh, so many movies just take a long time to get to get into the action and this one definitely doesn't so i i can appreciate that um but anyway uh what essentially happens they you know they reunite the kids reunite with mom after you know the earthquake and they've been down in the old the old murder uh jesus dungeon down there the old priest hole the old priest hole (laughs) yeah it's like that's nowhere you want to be that's like being a fucking mouse in a you know stray cat shelter or something um (laughs) but uh so uh danny goes in and opens up the book and of course he cuts himself so blood makes it open because it's like all hungry for blood or whatever um and then you know they kind of start to freak out or bridget starts to freak out and then danny finds some some shit some like back masking shit on this uh on this record that basically is talking about you know from the perspective of the clergy and they found the necronomicon and it's apparently it's been here's why here's another reason why i think it is um the 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 earthquake is supernatural is because it's been 100 years she says 1923 whatever whatever year it was Mm. whatever month was 1923 so it's been 100 years so i think it's like the necronomicon like opens itself up to the world every hundred years or something Mm. um and then this family just happened to be like susceptible to it because they got danny who's like a fucking bad kid he's like and they named him danny and i like to believe that it was named after um april o'neill's son danny in the teenage ninja Ninja turtles movie that that goes and joins the foot clan and you know and hangs out in that cool place what are you talking about isn't danny her son Oh, no, no it's, it's just, just a, a kid. kid. That's right. It's just a it's kid. It's just a runaway. Yeah. Well, anyway, but she kind of cares for him, you know, a little bit. She, you know, she like, kind of looks out for him a little bit. We make our narratives here. It's great. Wait, I like no, it. Isn't it. Wait, no. Isn't Danny the, the dude's son with the glasses that she she has some yeah. relationship with? She works for him. She works for him. That's right. It's been too yeah. long. Um, I've well, seen the movie a thousand times. Danny. Who no, no, she works for Danny's dad. Danny. She works for Danny's oh. dad at the yeah. reporting place. And mm-hmm. then Danny, who's missing. Place. Danny always has a dad that he's like working for. Yeah. Like, I, it's hard to respect it. And Danny. then Danny Sorry. goes and smokes cigs with Sam Rockwell. Oh, yeah. And he Hell hangs yeah. out with he hangs out with that kung fu guy. Fucking who's always skateboards, mean. gets cigarettes, fucking plays video games. It's like the coolest so place sick on earth all the time. Oh, it's so awesome. 
I want to live there it's so bad. It's the best bad. place. <laughs> it's seriously, to this day, like, I, it's just bad kids paradise. I want to live it's there. It's bad kids smoking cigs, stripping <laughs> copper, <laughs> and Fuck fucking yeah. playing video games. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm getting so horned up <laughs> talking about it. Um, when I was a kid, I was like, fuck yeah, I want to live there someday. Like, I was so psyched about it. Um, and then but, you grow up to be a ninja? Are you fucking <laughs> oh kidding me? God, this is literally all my wildest dreams coming true. Um, you know, so Danny tries, you know, uh, you know, uh, the whole the whole recording thing. I'll jump through it. You know, comes up this whole like demon stricture. Scripture starts to, you know, be read out loud, and they're like, "Nah, dog, stop!" And then, no, too late. POV demon, fucking wind comes flying in, and just L is is in the elevator, mm-hmm. um, and she just gets nailed by the demon. And then there's a whole kind of like, um almost it's pretty gnarly it's like a it's almost a a a, 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 a hellraiser ish type of situation uh where yeah. like the cords the cables of the elevator like wrap her up and like twist her up and shit it's like the exact same vine thing though like right, right. it's the vines so, like from the yeah. woods but like because yeah. it was but like it was metal a cool and- interpretation of it though i do did like that it was they don't, get, they don't get naughty though. No, that's, that's the, the thing. Whole, it doesn't because mm. in the original movie they I mean, do. Maybe they she kind had of, a kink and she just liked what it was doing anyway, you know? But it didn't <laughs> seem mean, like it was getting quite as nasty as the vine does in the original. That's true. Uh, yeah. Or even in two, especially. But she was also someone to call a chick who just happens to be a musician a groupie. So she's kind of a prude. Maybe they caught those vibes too. Well, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. But the whole thing is like they caught those vibes and they were like, no, she does. She's not down to clown. Because um, what I know specifically about this is demon is prude, they're like more know? into consent and all that. Demons yeah. love consent. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, you know, you get the idea that this building is the equivalent of, you know, of the woods in in the first two movies. Can uh, I make a point, point, though, too, to say, because we kind of talked about the whole like this being such a different setting for this uh, excuse me, story. Um, I loved how isolated you felt the whole fucking film. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that was great. You felt like yeah. suffocated in a sense. And I liked that. Yeah, it was a cool setting. You felt like you were almost in like a sewer or something because everything's grimy and sweaty and and wet. And it's like it's yeah, I don't know. It just it felt it felt very grimy, like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. even though you're inside. Yeah, it, it, yeah, honestly, I didn't know it was L.A. I thought they were in fucking like Oregon mm. for whatever reason, just all the rain and everything because it doesn't rain in L.A. So it made me think it was yeah. much more Pacific Northwest. Yeah, unless they said L.A., I would have never guessed it was L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, you know, obviously you have the earthquake, but still, like, I would not have guessed L.A. until they actually said it because it feels humid and, like, I would almost have been like they're in fucking Tallahassee or something. You know what I mean? Mm. It's a classic <laughs> Florida tale. I don't know. Um, although I don't think they have, I don't think they have a lot. Of, I don't classic think they have a lot of earthquakes Florida down love in Florida. Story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd um, watch that. Um. But yeah, anyway, she dead. Uh, L is dead. Um, they establish, but they're not really sure. They think she's fully dead. The neighbors come in. The one neighbor like says a little prayer, but she's doing weird shit. Her eyes are popping open. There's like fucking she's looking around and doing, you know, basically doing like yeah. early demon shit. I really uh, I really like uh, just kind of the effective moment of the you have the one neighbor who he's trying to put her eyes down mm-hmm. and like close the lids. And then like they pop back pop open, open. Oh, it's and so there's funny. just there's just a fun little music sting of like the strings go up like mm-hmm. something's about to happen. 
but then they come right back down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they just they just ride it all the way through, and it's like, oh, not a scary moment. No, <laughs> it's just it, weird. <laughs> but it was a cool. I mean, the whole scene was kind of cool and atmospheric, and you've got like, I, I do feel like I thought that those neighbor characters were going to play a bigger role. Of course, they do have a, a you know a little battle later. Spoiler: they both die and turn into fucking deadites. But um, all three of them die. Well, all y- four of them die. Yeah, everybody, but except for two people, ultimately <laughs> die. Yeah, really? Um, so pretty much everyone dies. Um, but uh, the neighbors are trying to like untrap them. So so they're trapped in this building because of the earthquake, and they have no cell service. And they keep saying the network is fucked. <laughs> they say that phrase like ten times. Um, they but, all have dial up right now. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, you know, L starts talking to Beth about some creepy shit through her phone and starts like playing like these demons and, and they do this in the original movies, too. So this is a hallmark of the franchise, but they really lean into it super hard this time, which is these this demon is especially apt at like tugging on people's heartstrings and manipulating their emotions. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of this happening. Um she eventually is like reanimated. Let's also be clear, though, too, that yeah. it was just like a lot of kids. And I think it does like a good job at this particular demon did a good job. It's like, but I also think it was a nature of um, being younger group. They're easily manipulated. <sighs> yeah, too. I suppose so. I, I, I didn't. There was portions of it I didn't love, but we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get to them. But ultimately, you know, she's reanimated and um, and then she's like, They're, she's burning up or whatever. And she even says something to the phone about she's burning or whatever. So it's like, oh, she's in hell or maybe she is. Maybe she isn't. But that's what the demons telling her. So they go to put her in the bathtub and she's like spazzing out in the bathtub. And then one thing I don't love about this and what makes it to me turned into a little bit of a like more of a cliche you're just getting a lot of these like standard possession tropes in my mind where mm-hmm. like oh mm-hmm. you're gonna do like a crazy raptor screech and 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 i did love she like pratfalled back into the tub though that was mm-hmm. kind of fun yeah um but uh she does you know you get those those memorable lines like you expect from this franchise. One of them, you know, when she starts saying wild shit to her kids and stuff, because it's, of course, the demon, you know, kind of represent, you know, mm-hmm. representing her, assuming she's dead and the demon has just, you know, reanimated her and is, you know, you know, using her corpse kind of thing. And uh, she's like, I'm from now I'm free from all you titty sucking parasites. <laughs> and I just thought it was funny that a demon would say titty sucking. Yeah. I, I did I like, like that. And what we kind of we skipped over it, but, uh, you know, we're talking about tropes and, you know, one of them is like uh, all possession movies have some sort of vomiting. Mm-hmm. I like that this one went just full team America, though. <laughs> With the maggots? No, no, no. If you remember what uh, when she when Elle is in the kitchen cooking eggs. Mm-hmm. And then she just drops to the ground and then just starts vomiting all over the floor. Mm-hmm. It's almost exactly Team America <laughs> when the main character is throwing up outside of the club. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like on all all fours. <laughs> yeah. On all fours. Just yeah. like a straight gusher. It's fucking it, like this is one of the it's one of the moments that like this is kind of funny. Like, yeah. They, this, they do a couple of 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 fun not even levity, but like this franchise is known for its sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the yeah, so it does do a couple of those. 
Yeah. Well, I think well, I was going to make a point too, like that kind of touched on this and it'll be more relevant later, but like some of like how extreme, like, you know, vomiting and the blood throughout it actually had like some of those like brain dead Peter Jackson type vibes to it that just like seems mm-hmm. so extreme throughout this. And I really, and those were like moments when I was sitting there in the theater, I was just like, sick. Like, yeah. yeah, they definitely. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> push like, it. That was my response. <laughs> yeah, they definitely push it with a lot of a lot of the blood and a lot of the meanness. Um, the other thing, just as a, it's a it's a levity thing if you read it that way. But earlier, earlier in the film, they're setting up all the Chekhov's guns. Oh God, of there's Stephanie, like five of them. Yeah, Stephanie, the tattoo gun, the oh scissors, God, like the actual those, gun, the shotgun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just all those things get set up early, and you're like, oh, we're gonna see this in play, this in play, this in play, this in play, and then right. they pay it off. They pay them all off. So they do. Yeah. yeah, I, I, I would say it has some levity elements, but the one thing, aside from maybe one short scene the thing i love about the original movies especially the second the second is the masterpiece of the franchise in my mind i think a lot of people would agree with me the thing that i love about the second movie is not only the the like laughs that are that are thrown into the craziness but the bizarre things that you're just like Mm -hmm. what the fuck they're not funny they're more like curious and bizarre like of course like the girlfriend um you know dancing you know, out right. in the woods and then taking her skin off and all that stuff like that is fucking great. Um, and you're the whole time you're like, this isn't funny. It's just bizarre mm-hmm. and, and, and right. dreamlike. And like mm-hmm. there's so much of, of the first two movies that I think and even the third movie, frankly, because it's you know time traveling and shit that like they just felt very dreamlike. And this movie, they were more going for this like ultra gritty like um like trauma thing Mm -hmm. and the one i don't know if it was self-aware or not but like the one like the 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 little child um does say at one point something like is this a dream or is this like a nightmare Mm -hmm. and she says she says is this a nightmare oh is this a nightmare (laughs) yeah and it's like it never felt like that though it never had that yeah but i still think there was like just this extreme behavior that we got to experience but again everything just felt like we've kind of seen it before so nothing Mm -hmm. felt like a whimsical nature of sorry that's like a terrible phrasing for it no but, but like that dream like bizarreness and it's this, just not this there. franchise has like such a beautiful way of like we can chalk a lot of like any sort of rationale around anything we see because we're like we're dealing with demons i don't know the fuck demons do you mm-hmm. know what i mean and so mm-hmm. there's i think there in my mind there was still this element here but all of it felt in a sense a little regurgitated even though like i liked seeing certain things so that, yeah. i think that, like my problems that i have are that like there was less originality in this one um i love the gore and anyhow keep going i'm just, no like, the one the one talking thing that i right said now. that they i i don't think i have seen before which i actually wrote down was uh sucking somebody's eyeball out of their head and then spitting it down somebody else's throat and killing them that way that's well, pretty that being the, the, a little bit that happened in a different evil that dead. happened in two yeah that happened yeah. in two uh, it's not it's down. not the not the not the eating of the eyeball but the eyeball gets spit out of Ted Raimi's head as Henrietta down another person's throat. Uh, so it is, yeah. it's Why a am callback. I completely forgetting yeah. that. I'm completely blanking yeah. on that. I brought so, I brought oh, it up. It. I brought it up during Midnight Meat Train. 
<laughs> oh, maybe that's why. Maybe maybe that's why it was fresh in my mind. Um, but anyway, so the thing I thought was a little bit um, new wasn't actually new at all. But no, no, it wasn't. But yeah, I mean, the so the one thing that you're talking about as far as like this whimsical nature, and it's the scene that always comes to my mind is in Evil Dead Two where. Ash is surrounded by all the taxidermy animals coming oh, back to fuck life. Yeah, great scene. That's so fucking great and so fucking weird. I and always thought that that was a, a tourist trap reference. It, I don't it, know why. it, may it be. just reminded me of tourist trap, even though they're not know. animals. I don't know. It just felt like the way their mouths open was reminiscent yeah. of that. But it, it may be. But I mean, like a film that you get a lot more of that in is a wounded fawn, which we watched not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's that a lot great. more of that weird dreaminess to it of like weird things coming to life that you're not quite sure what you're seeing. You're seeing a whole bunch of you know, shit that you're not sure of. Mm-hmm. Do you associate so. that just like in general from previous evil deaths or is it just like like what I said? I think it, it, because they're what do you demons, mean the dream, ha- dream life? thing yeah like or having like whimsical thing or things that are just like i've never seen this before kind of kind of scenes versus like it being it it, we can chalk it to like these are just demons versus it being like a trope for evil dead of sorts you know no two is actually no two is very i don't know if you've seen two but two is extremely weird and dreamlike like the mm-hmm. scene with the dead girlfriend dancing through the like the misty forest and then like steve said with the taxidermied animals all coming to life and it's it's like it's almost like if the most horrific version of looney tunes you know mm. it feels very looney tunes in that way yeah. whereas this movie felt more mainstream and that was just looking for the the trope scares that maybe like the mainstream audience isn't totally sick of. But like mm. I am fucking completely sick of like if you do creepy little childish singing, I'm out. Yeah, like, it's just <laughs> such a, a worn out mm-hmm. trope walking on all fours, whether it be crab walking or like kind of bear crawling. That's such a fucking predictable trope. That's not scary anymore. It, I mean, the exorcist nailed it <laughs> in the fucking seventies and then it's never gotten better than that, but everyone mm-hmm. uses it. Uh, mm-hmm. Weird. I mean, I, I think, I think you could find some good examples. Is. I'm being a little extreme, but you get what yeah. I mean. Like these things fucking, you know, weird, long licking tongue shit. Uh, these are all like super cliche demon activities that Those I've seen. Those are actually in- my top three things that I look for on <laughs> dating apps. Yeah, super long, crazy licking tongue. Crab uh, walk, good at walking on all fours. <laughs> Creepy singing. No, but like that, glass that, swallowing. Glass swallowing. That was actually kind of cool because they showed it in the throat. Like it was, you thought it was mm-hmm. gonna like almost puncture the throat. But like they're doing a lot of very stereotypical demon things. And in the fir- in two, especially they don't, they do shit. They're right. like, no, no other movie does, does that. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. it's just, it feels like it's just as much for the demons. It feels like it's just as much about driving Ash insane. Yeah. As it is, you know, like killing and eating them. This is just mm-hmm. like this demon. If these are two de- different demons, if the Ash demon is like the cool, creative demon, this is like the basic ass fucking bro demon. It's just like it's the baby I'm- of the family that also speaks with W's as R's. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's this just is not the quinto cool. bro. <laughs> yeah, like that. This uh, is their first time trying to like you know fuck someone's day up and like. 
they're not doing a great job. They're but, going like, to they're the trying. basic. Yeah. They basically Googled how to be a demon and then picked mm-hmm. the 15 things and did them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to get you with you, the elevator. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do bug things. They actually looked at all the famous horror movies and they were like, yeah, let's do the blood elevator from The Shining. Let's do wood chipper from Fargo. Let's fucking go, guys. It got, it got all its ideas from gifts off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an AI wrote the demon part of this oh video. Oh, my God. That's so relevant and perfect. Yeah. I will say the one thing the demon does pretty well as being manipulative is Bridget, the, the very woke activist, Demon does try to make her do blackface at one point, so that's a very manipulative. <laughs> she's a, yeah, she's man. That's Bridget's true. I didn't ditch that way. She's she's like just emotionally so weak in this, and I'm just like, I wanted you to be the strong one, and you know, like, she nah. could tell they were setting her setting her up to fucking get it. Um, she's a child. Yeah, she's <laughs> a child. But you could Meg. tell that she didn't she, have a Stephanie. Where was your fucking Stephanie? <laughs> you knew the little kid was going to survive because this movie. I would, su- I would say this movie wanted to be super mean spirited, right? That's what it was mm-hmm. going out to do. But it bit off more than it could chew. You could just tell. And they yeah. were like, and maybe even the original script was even more intense and hardcore. And then maybe they ground the edges off. But like, I'm not saying I'm looking for extremes like, hey, I want the little kid to be like decapitated or something. But they definitely um set it up to be this ultra mean spirited movie and it is to a certain extent but then it never really does anything that's like over the top not that i'm even looking for that but you definitely went in that direction and mm-hmm. but, but it, it it just it took the surprise out of it um and and just like the way like l stands when she's like locked in the room she's doing that like she looks like one of the fucking nurses from from uh, Silent, Silent Hill. Hill. You know what I mean? The way she's standing. She's standing like a reanimated corpse stance. You know, it's mm-hmm. just nothing is really unique in that way. Um, and then she's trying to do the whole like emotionally manipulate the child saying mommy loves you and all that stuff. And then, but then like, that she's going to eat their soul. Right. Swallow you, which, again, it was another throwback. Sorry. Let's keep going. I, let's no, keep I going do really like the because the... I got to kill the creepy qualies in my tummy. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of like a I don't know that was all right I, I thought that was kind of I mean it was just like all it is is just taking the same idea and just like really really digging in yeah um, but ultimately um, you know the youngest kid you know kills her sister accidentally which who, is who's so already good. dead I she's already dead that technically she, um, what she did yeah cause she's full fucking deadite at that point once you've okay, turned like full I, dead I, eight, I there's no coming got, back I, I for some reason no you're right i think for some reason my brain was like was she fully dead yeah no she was coming after her and that was just like the shock and i loved that scene though because they didn't fully know that that's what was going on they knew something yes. was really fucked up and then just having the staffany thing just like go through her face like that was good that was a good kill I'm going to give it to him. It was good. And then I did like when they wrapped her up in the blanket and then she, you know, comes back twitching and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it was fine. I'm not saying any of this was executed poorly at any by any means i just think creep factors there were some creepy moments i will like i will live literally give this movie that i don't want to the things i don't like didn't have to do with like the jump scares or just like the creepy crawly things like i ultimately what i what i think the biggest shortcoming of this movie is and and this and i fully accept that this is my personal preference and i know other people love this movie and thought it was like superb 10 out of 10 but i won't 
like I probably won't watch it again is because I always feel I think we've talked about this in the show. I always feel that kids in danger or kids in like super emotionally vulnerable situations always feels cheap to me. Mm-hmm. And maybe and I, I fully acknowledge that it could just be like me as a as a parent that I, I don't know. But it's like, yeah, you know, you're going to fight a little bit harder. You know, this is going to be like it higher just feels stakes. like a low blow it's, to the sure. audience where it's like it's just ch- a cheap way of manipulating emotion mm-hmm. um, instead of like doing it in a unique way. That's like uniquely disturbing or uniquely scary or creepy or whatever. It's just like. Oh, here's this idea that's a mediocre to good yeah. idea. But if you apply it to a kid, now yeah. it's it's like turning the temperature up on it. You know what totally. I mean? And I just feel can like I, that's a cheap writing strategy. Can I, can I add one scene, though, that because I think we're getting closer and closer to like, you know, like the final blows and stuff. Yeah, like that. we're kind of really spiraling getting, towards the end um, here. Is the one scene when uh, Beth goes to listen to the records and they're just like yeah, she MacGyvers need- the record player. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. so and then when the sister then L like ends up get being able to get in through the vent mm-hmm. and curling and she sees her in the window. I uh like as that's it doesn't feel original, but it felt creepy and perfect. It was Yeah, everything awesome. was well was executed. Was, yeah, like it was creepy. It, like it was no shortcoming of that. Everything I hated was just like, I don't want you to be talking right now. I don't want to know about your plot. I want to see the creepy shit. Anyhow, yeah, let's keep going. But that was, the, that was a good scene in my opinion. Yeah. The end, I mean, we're, we're kind of spiraling towards the end. Like again, we talked about like Beth, Beth fucking MacGyver's the record player and, and learns that the only way to defeat them is basically just to like, uh, completely destroy the body a hundred percent kind of thing. So you're like, okay, what's going to happen? Yeah, how do you do that? You know, come yeah, on, let's see real. Well, it, you know, you think it's like, it's going to be burning or it's going to be acid or it's going to be just like crunching shit up like they did in Halloween ends. And that's ultimately the direction they go. But, um, you know, Bri- Br- uh, we talked about Bridget being anim- reanimated, uh, under the sheets and you know barfs a bunch of blood all over danny like that was that was fine but again there's 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 nothing new there that feels like a very um you know that that felt like a pretty pretty com- not common but like we've seen that a hundred times um and I, then I, I mean the volume in the the volume and the heaviness of the blood feels pretty good but yeah yeah, no, again, yeah. I, the blood itself the practical blood in this and even when they're in the elevator scene which i thought was the best scene in the movie which we're about to get to it's it's well executed everything about this is technically sound um Mm -hmm. but like the demon knows that beth is pregnant at some point and then that never really pays off um but you do get all the other you know Chekhov's guns that that you talked about um i did like when she was blasting her limbs off i thought that was kind of fun that that mm. was one of the scenes where i was like okay this is starting to get a little weird and surreal but it never really goes to the heights of two but um my my two favorite scenes and and ones that i thought were the most like not necessarily the creepiest ones but the most suspenseful ones uh probably the one that was the most creepy to me is the dead by dawn scene when they're all mm-hmm. in the hallway yeah, and it's all the neighbors, chanting. all the kids, and they just all start ch- chanting, you know, you all be dead by dawn. And then they all start mm-hmm. chanting dead by dawn. I thought that was cool. Um, mm-hmm. And then another the El- evil dead thing. They're like, that's a, it was great about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it was a reference, but it wasn't 
I mean, it was heavy handed, but it was just like, I don't know, it felt appropriate for the situation. Mm -hmm. And then when they're in the elevator that's filling up with blood, that is the type of bizarre, surreal thing I expect from this franchise. You're like, why is the elevator filling with blood? And when you see the elevator, you see it first start filling up the walls and it's like behind the, the lit buttons. And then the, then they're like, you know, literally treading water in this like thick gelatinous blood. You're like, oh, fuck yeah. This is getting wild. can I recreate this scene? But I think it would be really funny if this was like a little bit more slapsticky is that if that was the case, but then it was like one of those, um, milk toys that would be with, um, you know, one of the dollhouses you were a kid and you're just like trying to play house, but it, so it never really fully fills up. It just goes around you. That would have been really funny. What is a and milk all, toy? No, no. Like it was like a cup of milk, like for one of those, uh, when you're playing oh, house in a kitchen, so I it's not actually fully milk in my, my mind i'm like a slapsticky way to make this scene is like when like it's not actually like but it just would it's be like making full, like, it's just yeah, it's just, it's like just like all one of those around dumb you toys where when you dump it upside down it looks like it's pouring out but it's not that actually, was actually <laughs> way more stupid when i said it out loud but in my mind i kind of liked it I, I got really i know what you're talking about now and that is funny but when you first said it i got very fixed on the phrase milk toy so i'm like what the flying fuck is she talking about because we had one we had those we were little that came with like you know some sort of play food set or whatever but yeah. it was yeah. orange juice so yeah. like in my mind it's right. orange juice but you know for years it was milk but yes it is like it's like a baby doll bottle that you'd see those yes. too you know yes that's exactly <laughs> what it is going on in my brain what i'm saying is you're so lucky that we got what the fuck you were talking about right <laughs> she did a horrible job describing it. Uh, but it is a funny visual yes that would be funny you did good but you did gonna, a bad okay. job doing good um, uh, i'm just gonna make a side bar quest here for two seconds of like things i learned about myself on the trip one yeah i am insanely impatient <laughs> two uh, uh my brain when i hear things instantly comes up with stories like what i just shared with you yeah. or songs and then um i that was a first trip where i just would my friend would say something i just start singing a song because it just reminded me of that song uh, i feel like there's not a third that's all ADHD, Big. That's all ADHD. Okay, number three. You're, I have ADHD, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. you. If you just established that on the trip, I'm sad. that's sad for you. Because you've spent a lot of time in your life not being undiagnosed. Um, no, but that, oh, that's... Oh, man. Uh, that's that's funny yeah no they ultimately do like puke out of the elevator the the uh um because you get in the situation that's like oh it's like it feels even though you're like it's in an elevator and the door could open at any time it does especially when the deadites are reaching in from the top it feels like it's in one of those like uh um like unescapable scenarios um Mm -hmm. so what's gonna happen next and the suspense is really high but then the door just opens up and it just like you know, pukes Full out shining the, the shining, ve- yeah. very much an homage, uh, homage uh, to to the shining. But homage, um, I, homage, it's a homage. <laughs> I just wanted homage. to say it a third different way. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so so the, that elevator scene was the first part in the movie that I was like, okay, this feels like an Evil Dead thing. This feels like a modernized Evil Dead thing. Um, but. Anyway, we're kind of spiraling towards the ending here. Cass, again, is this just kind of it starts to drag a little bit in the final act where it's like, OK, Cass, who's the who's the widow baby? Cass gets in trouble. <laughs> she gets in peril. Beth saves her. 
casket's in peril, Beth saves her. You know, that's kind of mm-hmm. the thing happens she's over such over a good again. mom. Because she's going to be a good mom she's and she's strong mom. and she gets the, the to the... child then tells her. Yeah. So the the child is like... <laughs> Child doesn't even script. understand how to. She's read. reading subtext. She's like, "Here's some subtext for you. You're gonna be a good mommy someday." She lets her mom into the apartment. Like, what a fucking idiot! Yeah, that character of the, of the kid, the the young kid, just like again, it's nothing against the 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 performance. It was great, but she didn't need to be in the movie. She really didn't. Yeah, um, um I don't know. I feel like Beth's character became stronger because of having like she had like a purpose or a reason. I know, but it could have been it, any of the like, other kids and it just felt like oh they had to put this little kid in there that was going to yeah, just say true. the things you were supposed to feel. I don't know. It just felt like those that was one of the things that made this feel like a a mainstream wannabe movie to me that and the way it was cut it's cut like a fucking video game at times which drives me nuts um just the way it's edited uh we'll we'll get to that in a second but we're pretty much at the end of the movie almost um you get the trademark evil dead chainsaw why the fuck is there a chainsaw in an apartment building in la who knows Uh, why is there a wood chipper i don't know apparently the guy who i was like looking up other tropes and shit for evil dead and stuff and the car the delta 88 kept coming up in that it was very yeah. clear that this chainsaw was the substitution for it which is well there is like Whatever. an old car that's in there but yeah that's that's uh that's um uh, well, bruce campbell's lee, car like, in the original lee, movie like lee like interviewed to that point of what i just said like he mm. interviewed saying that that was their homage to that specific thing the chainsaw was an homage to the car. Yeah, like they painted it the same color as the oh, car. Oh Jesus Christ! That, yeah, bar from right, you. Right, 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 right. It's the same he, color as the car. Wasn't the car like that kind of like olive pukey green? Is there right. like yellowish yeah. or something stupid? Yeah, um, or like yeah. a chartreuse so, type of thing. Okay, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, it's a shitty like beige, beige, almost green. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's an old, so. it's an old, old, Oldsmobile. My my uh, one of my best friends in college actually owned. An exact uh, Delta 88. Really? It's cool. Cool. Yeah. cool. It's one of those Did old... Did he keep like, a Necronomicon in the back? <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't probably. check out what was back there. Probably probably like a, glove was a little miniature one in the glove compartment. <laughs> um, but yeah, you get the, the wood chipper in the park, you know, it, it's in, in the parking garage. Um, so the whole like demon family is fucking fed into the into the wood chipper and then eventually it's like the, I actually didn't even read this but now I'm thinking of like very much the the thing with like how it came together and how they all became one in a sense but then yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it felt a little overly convenient that they all just got glommed into a little jumbled up little thing you know um, I mean but, it's, a, it's a thing that like you see the artwork in the book which mm-hmm. I don't know, just a side Pennsylvania thing. If anybody who drinks Nightmare Brewing, the the artwork on their cans looks exactly like the artwork in the book. But, you know, they, they show kind of foreshadowing in the book mm. of like somebody's going to get a cut on their face and like spew out bugs and, you know, Well, yeah, vines. they have the thing with the stuff coming out of her mouth and then mm-hmm. there's, yeah. And yeah, then I somebody... Yeah, and then eventually somebody's going to turn into this fucking abomination mm-hmm. that's made up of, you know, a whole bunch of deadites. Yeah. It's someone's baby, though. That demon <laughs> has a mama. <laughs> Demons do? Yeah, oh, actually, that would be a great t-shirt idea. Do like a, um, like a, 
mama said something about like don't grow up to be a cowboy but it's like some sort of demon that's like you know what i mean like mama said don't actually- grow up to be a shambling abomination <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i'm just now seeing this like western to horror uh like it's got a little t- cowboy like, hat and he's just yeah. tipping it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah uh tm 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 don't see this idea people um be in my brewery how many ideas can, are we allowed to come up with TM and then never do before it's like a boy who cried wolf situation? Uh-huh. I think we have a year. I think that's, okay. I think that's podcast that wise. You have a year. Baby girl it, has a bad brain, so she's going to forget it after I walk off this episode. That's, that's also that's ADHD. a t-shirt. Baby girl have a bad has a brain. Bad brain. Yeah. That is a t-shirt. Too. Yeah. Um, you do get a little, you get this thing where it's like the whole body gets destroyed except for Elle's head and and then she says some bullshit. So one last little bit of bullshit to 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 Beth, and then she like uh, does she kick her head into it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like okay, that felt a little Evil Daddy, but like silly in a silly fun way. But it's like okay, it's it's nothing. Again, it's not not anything you haven't seen before. Um, and then of course you know you said you know Beth and and Cass are the only assuming you know survivors here. Um, but uh, what was um, what was the key change showing you? I kind of didn't get that. It was just showing the family together before it got ripped apart. Um, oh. I was okay. also going to make a note that we mentioned that, too. It's another one of those notes that I saw about the movie talking about. There was like ties between like having five members over here, original five people in the movie. There's kind of a tie there. Blah, blah, blah. I don't like it. I'm just making, just saying things now about this whole ties. I just, yeah, it's a week, a it's a weak one. It's a weak one, but it's just, sorry. It, there was like a point saying that there could be like, that feels more like there. a, oh, well, JFK's birthday is the same as Lincoln or something. You know what I mean? I don't know like about that. I mean, I don't know if I feel that. Like, I, it's not that far fetched, but at the same time, like having the same, like a certain amount of people, sure, I get it. I think it feels more like a normal, like, a, like an over a general movie trip, like of like how many people you need to be able to keep this the story going. So, like, this person dies here, this person dies here. And it makes it flow better. I will yeah, say with this normally movie, these people are, you know, in a lot of type like slasher type movies or even like supernatural yeah. movies where a lot sure. of people are getting killed. You know, they're like, you know, sexy teenagers, you know, smoking cigs and doing drugs or whatever. And in this case, they're like kids. So it's like, uh, yeah. you know, we're a family. So it's like, oh, it's, it's like almost felt a little edgelordy in that way. But mm. um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know why this... it just rubbed me the wrong way. And I don't <sighs> this yeah i i there again i liked some of the gore i liked some of the spooky moments i think the story was weak and i hope they don't try to do another one yeah i hope well, it, here, if let they me do, do the last they thing because they're they're about oh. this, the very last thing basically okay. is a cut to the girl who was possessed in the opening scene and mm-hmm. she's getting ready for the trip and she's talking to her friend who gets her scalp ripped off and she's like no bitch you're coming on my sick trip and then she stumbles <laughs> upon you know oh, all the crate <laughs> the blood no, and still just no, like goes bitch. off like i'm not calling the cops right now well i think she gets snatched up by the old demon wind oh, pretty like quick there because now yeah. the demon is loose in the 
in the parking garage because yeah. the body has been destroyed. And then she stumbles on all this crazy blood and gore and is like, what the fuck? And then the demon just fucking zaps into her. And then that's mm. credit credits roll. What the Done fuck? Who spilled all this Kool-Aid? <laughs> this, is, this is fucked up. She's got like a really dumb hat. Like, you yeah. want, like I want her to die because she's wearing that hat. Right. She's wearing the Coachella hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody called a landlord. Somebody spilled a bunch of Kool-Aid down here. This is fucking gross. It's sticky down here. <laughs> it's just to assume it's Bet you it's better Kool-Aid. get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, it's like I said, it's it's fun. It's like a tight, fast-paced, very modern movie in that, which, again, it's a pretty big Do you, you know, know what the running time was? Because it didn't release. feel long, but it, it like felt one, like... Well, it's an hour and a half, give or take. Yeah, yeah. so I feel like... I think it was like 97 s- minutes or something. Yeah, like it kind of on the long run. And in essence, like for something it could have been, but it was like it never felt long ever. No, it, for There's me, for a happening. modern horror movie, I feel like that's below average run time because yeah. the average horror movie, like, oh, yeah, it should be around between like... Uh, you know 80 and 100 minutes but yeah. like a lot of modern horror movies are pushing two hours and this was like yeah. i felt like a pretty tight i think it was like 90 90 some minutes yeah so especially um, again to get you going like e- yeah. even you know we talk about how essential cold openings are to get you going but even the time between the cold open and, and things actually happening mm-hmm. is still pretty quick yeah. Like I, I was I went I was watching this and I went to take notes and I was just shocked that I was already an hour into the film. I was like, oh, wow, yeah. this is, it did. This is actually fast. booking. Weirdly, yeah. when it got super hectic at the end is when it dra- dragged a little bit for me. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's because also it was just it was just so I don't know the, the way it played out just felt like so forced. Mm hmm. Because they did that whole ring around the rosy thing with the car, which took yeah. too long. Yep. And then the whole thing with the wood chipper of like, we're going to turn the wood chipper on. Yep. And then we're going to turn it off. But now we turn it back on. And it's like, uh, come on, let's just go. She's go. got the gun. Just She's go. not got the gun. She's got the chainsaw. Like, yeah, yeah. If, if the whole parking lot sequence could have been at least cut in half. Yeah, it's and like it would, just go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we all know what's going to happen. We get it. We've saw Chekhov's wood chipper. We know what's going to happen. Yeah, we uh, saw the wood chipper. We've heard the record mm-hmm. of you know you have to dismember the bodies. Mm-hmm. Let's get to that point already. <laughs> yeah. Here's the other thing that like when the whole like kid thing and like kids dying and you know the separation from the parents and the siblings and like I said, it always feels very like this like almost not exploitative in a in a fun way if you get mm-hmm. what i mean like mm-hmm. I, you tell me like i love a good like exploitation flick this just feels like emotionally cheap where it's just like we're just gonna go after oh uh everyone's scared of you know getting separated from their kids or their parents or their loved ones or their siblings or whatever and it's just like to like linger on that a lot just feels kind of like I said, kind of cheap and stuff. So like the whole, but if it was super effective and like hyper realistic and super brutal and mean, then you'd be like, at least it's memorable. But like the but kids, then it wouldn't feel that much. It would feel even farther divorced from Evil yeah, Dead. You're right. I, I, it totally would. So that's what I mean when I say it bit off more than it can chew. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it could have been a little bit more simpler and it, like been more focused on the story and the horror and kept the gore and pulled a few of the tropes. I think it just it literally felt like a film based on 
Evil Dead tropes and pulling from other movies. It was fully reminiscent of so many other things while I still appreciate. So like I hated the story, but I love the gore. I love some of the spookiness just but, relay too much on trope tropes and like, um, but yeah, but even like the kids' reactions to to their yeah, siblings it, it just, being you've killed. You've seen it before. You just but they they didn't oh, that even, even seem that, that genuine. Yeah, like they were just like, oh, their their siblings are getting knocked off left and right, and they're just like, not even. It, the, the problem is they're shaking the, the in their room for a moment. You know that sort of thing actually happening would be unwatchable, right? So I get that, yeah. but. They went in the other direction where it was like it almost seemed like whoever died, there really wasn't that much stakes involved. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, at that point. And it, it so that's what I mean when I say a bit off more they can chew. Like it created the scenario where these horrific things are happening to people's loved ones in front of their faces. And that's not fun to watch. Like if you want to watch that happening in real life, like you're a fucking sociopath, like you right. should, should probably be in jail or therapy or something. But like <sighs> the fact that they did that, but then made it seem like it's not that big of a deal, just kind of took the stakes out of everything. Yeah, and, I think yeah. I think one of the. I mean, early on is you see the neighbors and the neighbor kids are out in the hall mm-hmm. and they, there's the one really young neighbor kid. Yes. And fucking what's her face? Uh, Beth. Bridget. Like, she just. No, no, Beth. Oh, I think when they come to the door and they're like, come watch movies with us or whatever. No, no. What I'm saying, what I'm getting at is the scene where Elle is out in the hallway and she's killing everybody. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Beth just slams the door on that little kid. Yeah. Who's like, he's not been assailed or anything. He's just yeah. out there left alone and she just slams the door on him. Yeah. So like, I think, you know, yeah, that's supposed to be shocking or whatever, but also like she makes no attempt to save him. Yeah. So you just don't feel like, I don't know, you don't feel anything. And then all the subsequent things of like the kids having to kill their siblings. Yeah. I feel like the film was trying to pull some sort of subtext of... Uh, and, and this goes right along with how they they didn't really innovate the, the the possession story. But a lot of times the possession story is tied to alcoholism or drug abuse. Right. And I feel like they were really trying to possibly set up L as some sort of drug addict. Yeah. Because. Yeah, the, I thought about that, too. The husband walked out and then she exhibits so many of the drug addict things of like throwing up on the floor and like they have to they're never really sure if she's dead. Well, well even they have when to she's drag like her. dropping the when she's like cooking the eggs and stuff, it was mm-hmm. almost like, what's mommy doing? You know, that, that that that's that's the scene that made me think about that. Right. And then yeah. like they're never really sure if she's dead. They have to drag her into the tub. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of this of the kids having to take care of her mm-hmm. for a time because they don't know what's wrong with her. Yeah. And so and and the strained relationship between her and Beth, because on one hand, Beth is uh, like she's she's very selfish at the beginning. Yeah. You know, and you, you get you get a scene of her like. She's framed as the one that's more emotionally distraught by yeah. finding out that the husband is left than yeah. than L is. Yeah. So like she it was set up like Elle was, ex- Elle was expecting it or something. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you get like again, what I'm just getting at is that just like the possession trope isn't really strong, but you have this idea that the, the family's already been shattered, and mm-hmm. so that's why when they have to kill their siblings and everything like it's just the siblings fighting 
because of what has already happened to them. Yeah. Yeah, it just it didn't the stakes didn't seem particularly high. You know, I, I use an example of a movie like I mean, a lot of zombie movies do it well, but even like a, a movie that's not even that amazing of a movie. But 28 weeks later, you know, mm-hmm. when the guy like basically bails on his family and just runs away in the mm-hmm. opening sequence, that movie, which is a pretty mediocre movie overall, um, it. I'm talking about the sequel. Did I say 28 weeks? Yeah, later you said 28 weeks. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um, you're right. It. uh uh it's so emotionally devastating and you don't even mm-hmm. know these characters, right? But like they just really portray, like he has given in to just absolute panic and fight or flight cowardice kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, there's no way back. He made the split decision and there's no way back. And now he has to, like, you have to soak in it and live in it as he's running away and all this stuff. And like, it never felt anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. Even like when the when, you know, the mom dies and all the kids are just like, oh, no, mom died. Right. Like it just, it just doesn't feel emotion yeah. uh, at all emotionally devastating, which is like that's not necessarily the movie I want to watch, but it just it feels like there's no stakes because of that. I feel yeah. like so I think when I see that, though, I just think it was just like poorly executed because I think in essence it's trying to pull this like it's seeing stuff where things were slapsticky and like the originals, like those kills weren't ever, I don't, I mean, it, what I remember, they never necessarily felt so overtly emotional either. But I think in this case, our expectations once that being kids is that it could have been slapsticky if they made it, if it went from like one extreme to another, or they could have made it extremely emotional, which I think probably they should have leaned into a little bit more to give you more of an attachment and not just be like, that's an inappropriate response. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's just yeah. what you feel throughout yeah. it. You know what I mean? I, I think I'm more in the camp of they just shouldn't have even done this story. Like, I, I completely agree that the story they tried to undertake. Uh, shut it down. Undertake, shut it down, guys. Shut it down. <laughs> the story they tried to undertake was too serious for the franchise. Agreed. Totally. So, yep. so yeah. like, so they just shouldn't have done this story. They could do like you can have kids and you can have stuff like that, but mm-hmm. don't try to have like the drug subtext. Don't have, you know, 2013 has the drug subtext, but it's also very surface level because mm-hmm. it's part of the story that they're taking Mia to go get clean at the cabin. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's it's also very surface level. And like it works in that setting because like the stakes are whatever, because they're still 20 year old shitheads. Mm. exactly so so it's like it's it's the appropriate amount of disturbed by their death (laughs) right it's the appropriate amount disturbed by their death and it's the appropriate amount of audience being asked to care Mm -hmm. but you know i kind of agree with you brian about how like kids in peril is a cheap heartstring to pull i just Mm. i do find it interesting though that you're bothered by this film Mm -hmm. but you love terrifier too Terrifier 2 just took things to such an extreme degree that I am just fascinated by its extreme nature. You know what I mean? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. I'm just fast because it, that movie is so much meaner than this movie mm-hmm. in such an insane way. I just like there. I love Listen, you know me. I like big, bold, wacky swings. I like when people do <laughs> things that buck the trend or or things that feel genuinely unique and and dangerous. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this could really fucking alienate an entire audience. Right. And Par- Terrifier 2, 
the fact that there were so many people who like walked out of the movie and like were puke, literally puking in the theater and stuff. That is all justified because it is fucking so over the top violent and intense and mean that it's just like they were like caution to the wind, like fuck you we're gonna do this so hard we're gonna make you puke you bitches this movie (laughs) felt so like neutered it just felt like maybe the script was more intense maybe it wasn't but it felt like a movie for as many people as they could pack into the theater to see it this Mm -hmm. was a big budget ish not big budget for a horror movie this was a fairly big budget super highly produced glossy shiny tentpole horror movie that just wanted desperately to be liked by as many people as possible whereas terrifier 2 felt like a fuck you i dare you to like this so you you like it when films are true edgelords not faking edgelord yes if it's gonna be an edgelord if you're gonna go full edgelord don't be a fucking bitch about it you know what i mean like i don't i don't necessarily gravitate towards those movies like i i like supernatural i like goofy shit but Mm. it's like it's almost like the reason i wasn't super psyched about renfield it just felt like it was trying so hard to be um applicable to a super wide audience i just like weird niche movies that are are in it for their own sake of making the movie they want to make and if that means big bold fucking swings if that means like over the top weirdness or over the top violence or over the top whatever it just there i don't like when I don't like movies that cater to the audience, I guess is what I, is okay. what I ultimately need to say. <laughs> like in horror, if it's what? if it's in, you know, other genres, comedy, whatever. OK, fine. Sure. But like yeah. horror is a um, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I like for it to be subversive. Okay. I like for it to I was going to say transgressive. Subversive. Yeah, transgressive, subversive. Yeah. That's what I want from my horror movies. And this did not feel like that at all. One day we're going to watch funny games on this show. And funny we'll games see. is fucking wild. And it's not even it's not fun to watch. No, it's it's, it's, it's really unpleasant to watch. Yeah. But I respect that movie so much more. Yeah, because it's like I'm trying to get you to turn this movie off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's okay. what I like. Or like okay. think about fucking stupid. I'm trying to think of some of the like almost all the movies that I really, really like are are like either feel like an inside joke or are like a <laughs> middle finger to the audience. Those are all my favorite movies. Fair enough. <laughs> Gremlins 2, middle Gremlins finger to the two. audience. <laughs> Fucking love it, right? Halloween inside f- joke and middle finger to the audience. Halloween 3, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, just fuck you guys. <laughs> Killer clowns from outer space. You guys, this is going to be so fucking dumb. Will you just wait? <laughs> but anyway so that's where we're at i would say overall absolutely worth a watch um you know i see a lot of people really giving this movie tremendously high praise and i just don't see where it stands out um like over uh, malignant great example malignant's Mm -hmm. like Get ready for this shit. You're going to poop your pants, guys, when you see what this fucking Guess movie is. Guess what we dropped $50 million on? <laughs> yeah, you dumb bitch. Come watch this. And then I'm like, yes, I love every second of it. This movie just felt like a fun popcorn horror movie, big budget popcorn movie. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely worth seeing it. Go see it in the theaters. Support the fucking theaters. Don't go buy it off of fucking Amazon. Or if you're going to stream it, steal it from Amazon. Fuck, 
you know, Bezos and Amazon, but, <laughs> you know, go out and support the theaters if you want to go see it. I think this would be a really great theater movie. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, absolutely worth a watch. It just didn't blow me away. Like, I, I feel like some people are really talking this movie up and I know I'm being like a little bit of an elitist asshole again, two consecutive episodes. I <laughs> know uh, not two consecutive. No, that wasn't the last episode. I'm thinking of when we talked about Renfield. Yeah, but that's just yeah, I don't know. Maybe I am an elitist asshole. I don't know. Maybe that's yes. who I am. <laughs> Keeping my lips sealed. <laughs> Final thoughts, Meg? Final thoughts? Oh, I Brian's feel like I kept energy. Um, yeah, Brian, 10 out of 10. Elitist asshole. Um, uh, no, I th- I've said uh, like a lot of my piece, honestly, on this one. I, not much has changed. I think like I liked aspects of it. Go watch mm-hmm. it. It's fun. But like try not to get distracted by you know the story i think the story is really where it loses itself so yeah that's it uh but i love the gore i genuinely and even when i pointed out the whole like peter jackson like you know dead brain dead type gore level and or even that's reminiscent of the ogs too but like i loved that i absolutely Mm -hmm. loved it you know i wanted like brain dead feels transgressive this this yeah didn't you know Mm -hmm. well it's hard to feel transgressive 30 years after the fact of brain yeah. dead like <laughs> true true yeah. yeah it's hard to be transgressive when so many things have already been done but yeah if you look if you look at this film from the lens of like this is your first evil dead film you've ever seen you're in for a real treat mm-hmm. if this is your fifth one then eh, you're gonna get a little tired with it but yeah. you know it still moves fast enough i, I like it as a film and i would like to see mo- i'm always willing to see more because I think the goodwill they built up with the 2013 and with the TV show, mm-hmm. like the TV show is far and away probably the best part of the Evil Dead series because I've it's heard, both modern. I need to go back and rewatch it more because I've heard yeah. it's really fun. And yeah, I've only watched I, a few episodes. Yeah, I feel like I watched the first season. I need to go back because I, I don't know, I feel like there's more than what I watched. I know at least that. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. yeah, I feel like I didn't get it cooking yet. You know what I mean? Like I didn't yeah. get to the place where it, it really starts cooking. When it hits season two, season three is when it really starts going. And mm-hmm. it's all the campiness. It's all the weirdness. It's silly. Mm-hmm. Lucy Lawless is hot. Please marry mm-hmm. me. <laughs> <laughs> Take me away from this life. This uh, proposal. Thank you. And good night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, that's well, it. Fun stuff. Go check it out, guys. And if you have any suggestions for redneck shenanigan flicks for us, remember uh, for our at June Megan, show to- at Megan from the Black Lagoon. Send them my way. Thank you, guys. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Meg, last minute plea. <laughs> Vocal fry, the whole nine yards. Really nailed it for you guys. Um, but no, if you do have suggestions, send send them our way. You know, I'm always looking for some. I like I like some creepy ass backwoods horror movies. So let's. Let's check them out. Um, g- give the bog hag herself, you know, a, a send off of some something. Oh, good. I, I, I just the don't believe the genuine, like, hag. definitely the not genuine. Bog, over that there. bog hag energy. Give it you know, to her. I, um, my nickname at work is Goblin, so it's more of a Goblin energy <laughs> at this point in my life. Not a bog. What's a bog Goblin? That's a Boglin, Ooh, which is bog an actual goblin. toy. Oh man. Have you seen a Boglin? They're a lot of fun. That's a real toy. Sounds from like our a great childhood. sex toy. I don't know. <laughs> you could, well, it is rubber. You could probably figure something out with it. Um, anyway, guys, uh, check us out next week when we're talking about something else that I don't know about yet. But we are. are do we have anything on the on the docket for our next mini so yet? Or are we just figuring that out? No, we'll just figure it out. I do want to bring something up. 
Okay. It just now that we're at the end of the episode and we got everything cleared up, I have something I want to bring up. Okay. Brian, have you started your Odyssey into the Fast and the Furious? No, yeah. but I have Wait, been. Wait, what did I actually miss? No, I have I not like yet. I missed a lot. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about it because of the previews keep coming on every five fucking seconds on every channel and every streaming service. And I think, how can I not watch this movie? <laughs> Fast and <laughs> Furious X? Yes. Whatever I learned it is. from my friend that he is actually kind of into those movies when we traveled together one time and it was really eye-opening um <laughs> i i feel i feel really sad right steve's, now i don't know why steve's we're going been this trying, way. steve's been trying to get me to talk talk me into watching them oh. yes. but he's smiling like a real <laughs> shit-eating grin on his face so. he does though because like they're silly and funny and like i don't know if you're like if you if you're sick or mm-hmm. really hungover. Like if you're mm-hmm. sick as fuck. Fucking, yeah, mm-hmm. like sit down mm-hmm. like if you're and watch sick. The, those. <laughs> no, no, not like sick, bro. Um, like, no, you're like, <laughs> like if you're just sick. wake up and yeah. you're like fucking sick and then you put it on. Yeah, If you're, if you're exactly. sick to the point that you're throwing up on your affliction tea, then yeah, that's the perfect time to watch them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if yeah. You're, if you're if you're home, you're just like you know having, recovering from getting your angel wings tattooed on you're your back. Hungover. Yeah. Oh my gosh, did that happen recently to you? I'm like, I feel like I missed. Did that happen so to much. you? <laughs> yes, I woke up and somebody had given me angel wing tattoos no, on I my think back. If it was you, it would be pers- purposeful. <laughs> Like, no, I, I have you not look like it. a guy that would have angel wing tattoos. You shut your bitch mouth <laughs> with your daughter's names under each wing. You take that back, you sons of bitches. <laughs> uh, I do. Not I just wanted to bring. I just yeah. wanted to bring it up though, because like the there's recent news. Remember how we were talking about how the the Fast and the Furious X was going to be two movies. Okay. Vin Diesel's giving you a reprieve, Brian, because he's actually going to turn it into three movies. Damn. So now you have extra time to watch the previous movies you haven't seen. There's at least 20. Go for it. Maybe what we should do, guys no. out there, if you're still you listening to this episode, if you have, uh, we've been talking about starting a Patreon. <laughs> Maybe this is a Patreon thing where Steve and I, at Meg, don't worry, you have, you've already departed. You I'm will be gonna... long gone by this, this point. This is the anti-Patreon a... ad right yeah. now. <laughs> If you want to have a Patreon of once a month, me and Steve going through for the next year, watching one Fast and the Furious movie a month for the next year and talking about them, let us know. Is that what you want to pay money for? If you want to give us money to do that, I will do it. Otherwise, I don't think I will. I genuinely don't oh my god! Think now I, I actually want people to just subscribe because I want you to suffer. Because you're gonna have to do it when you're sober. <laughs> you're mostly gonna I have to watch them. Literally, like... never do that. <laughs> I, I would, you would not purposefully would, make yourself hungover. So you, I would watch get. It. I'm looking at a paper cutter right now on the desk. Oh my god. I would cut my dick and balls off with a paper cutter <laughs> before I watched all of the Fast and the Furious movies. No, I think you sober. end up loving it. I actually. Um, People. I would love cutting my dick off. That's yeah, that more too. likely than cutting than watching the Fast and Furious movies. You would um, do like one slice per movie. You don't know. You haven't like seen John Cena one. You would actually shorter and shorter. <laughs> It's like uh, you're just like little little tiny, um, you know, the snack on Ritz crackers, um, size little pepperoni bites, little <laughs> yeah. charcuterie of his penis. 
And then we cure it, and it's a whole thing. Guys, if you want to experience slices of my cured penis... That's a higher level of the Patreon. That's a high-level Patreon. Yeah, it's a high-level Patreon. That's Um, the... uh, You get to go to Brian's murder room. You get to, like, have dinner with him and his family. And then you guys turn down for the night. And then say what up turn oh, down john style turn down for what you guys turn all right what? um any other comments steve no, absolutely the not. Furious franchise? i'm okay. not good i just wanted to everything. give you the good news there's okay. gonna be 12 fast and furious films Thank when you. it's all I'm said so and happy. done so happy all right for the halloween is forever crew i'm brian i'm meg I'm Steve, still the champ, champ of Fast and Furious. I'm so fast. <laughs> He's so fast. He's so furious. Fuck you guys. Bye. Bye. Whenever I pour a beer, I always imagine it's going beer, 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 beer.